Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 378, recorded on June 20 or June 2nd, 2022. On tonight's episode, we talk about upcoming Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet news, Nintendo hotfix and Kirby 64, so you don't get a game breaking bug, and lots more with our special guest, Barry Carenza from Nintendo Fuse. Jesse, you know what to do. Hit that music. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to Nintendo Dads. It's episode 378. We are live on June the 2nd, 2022. And I am joined tonight by Nintendo Dads, seven-year employee of the year, Jesse Waldack, and our special guest, Barry Carenza. We'll get to him in just a minute. But Jesse, how are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. I uh, did a little shopping this weekend. I'll talk about that later on. And, I, I know uh, what it's about, and I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I dropped some hints in Twitter and on Discord as well. Uh, so it should be a, a fun conversation. And I also let the retro logic people know about what I bought. Oh, yeah. I bet they're they're jealous as well, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And when I, when I do a uh, live stream test of what I purchased, they said, let us know when you go live. We want to watch this. Yes. So I'll stop there and we'll talk about it more later and uh if i'm not if i'm not mistaken you can you can help me out with this you guys are currently unable to cook food at your house not easily we currently we we have we gutted our kitchen to have it completely remodeled we have our gas stove still up there so we can we can use it we can cook but there's nothing else in the kitchen so if we need to do prep like chopping up potatoes we have to do it in another room and then bring it over. Nah, and- nah, that's what the subfloor is there for. <laughs> You're not going to see that again. Just put the onions right there. Put the potatoes. Chop, 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 chop. Little sawdust is good for your diet. It's fiber. Yeah. Have you? There's a whole Matt Pet food theory video about eating a tree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll just go right through you. <laughs> or it should. I mean, I don't know. Also joining us on the show tonight... Uh, from the Nintendo Fuse podcast and uh, good friend of the show, Barry Carenza. How you doing, buddy? How you doing, Nick? Thank you so uh-huh. much for having me. Listen, I know I'm from the South, and we, we talk funny down here. I hope I'm saying your last name right. No, you actually said it correctly, which is uh, which is great. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those kids that, you know, when you would have the substitute teacher in school and it'd be like, oh, they're totally going to mess up all these names. I can't wait to correct them. They never messed up my name. I don't know why. Maybe it's... You know, it's one of those names that you may look at and go, oh, my God, I'm going to mess, you know, mess this up. But they, they messed up my name. It said just as it's spelled. So you did excellent. But no, thank oh, you so much for having me here. You, it's a pleasure. I could say the same about mine. And they still managed to mess it up. <laughs> yeah. My wife's name is Erin. And she had a teacher uh, for an entire semester call her Ernie. Oh, my God. And on the last day of class, she said, your name's not Ernie, is it? And everybody's like. Because oh. she said that, like, they, she every day she would say, it's Aaron, and other people would call it out. Her name is Aaron. Teacher just barrels on. <laughs> and not and not Aaron, like A-A-Ron, E-R-I-N. Like the Aaron. The other one right. we I always thought was, should be pronounced Aaron, but. Oh. And there are very. There are very, there are, there are people here in the South that pronounce all Aaron's that way. They're Aaron. 
Aaron, where are you, Aaron? Yeah. Oh, that's got to be annoying. There's a lot of things that are annoying here in the South that like people come in down here and they're like, that's really annoying. And it's really not like we just get, we get used to it and we grow it. We were, we were born in it, molded by it, you know? (laughs) All right, Bane. (laughs) Um, So anyway, we're going to give you an opportunity later on to uh, meet Barry a little bit more and find out more about his show, Nintendo Fuse, and where you can go find them. You definitely want to go check them out. But for now, we're going to jump into the plethora of news we have this week, right? Yeah, good, good chunk. Uh, Yeah, plethora is a word you can use. Sure, let's do it. (laughs) It is a word. Before we start, Tony Baker in the chat when he made the comment about the fleshy Jesse thing from last week, he said he literally spit out his coffee when the, when he heard that. <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued. I, I'm so, uh, if you're not a regular listener of the show, when Jesse does his, um, his poke in it, uh, in, in recent episodes, we have had him, uh, or we, or Jesse has employed the use of robo Jesse. Uh, to get like through a, those, a Texas it, it, speech engine powered by Amazon. Yeah, nice. he he employed Robo Jesse back when he was having a sore throat and just generally not feeling well, and Robo Jesse powered him through and was a hit. People wanted more of Robo Jesse. Last week on the show, Robo Jesse called Jesse Fleshy Jesse, <laughs> which was disturbing and odd, but also. Yeah, McCarty and Justin both, I, they they wanted to laugh, but they kept it in because their laughter would have been louder than the text-to-speech voice. So good job on keeping that together. I was I was impressed. Hey, I'm going to say this right now. The look on both of your faces is awesome. I'm going to say this right now because I know we're going to have people listening to this, both live and on the audio version. This is a T-shirt idea. We need a Robo Jesse versus Fleshy Jesse T-shirt. I need to see some designs and like a robot, like street fighter or mortal Kombat. like a street fighter or mortal Kombat pose. If you can do that, we'll you put you, it. whoever I was going to say, what? you could do it like the, uh, the, when you, when you select your characters in like street fighter, you have the, the big portraits with the verses in between. Yes. That's versus, what I'm talking yeah. about. And so if you send us that, we'll, uh, we'll put you in a drawing. If, if a lot of people do that, we'll put you in a drawing for a free game. That's what we do. Justin's not here. I can do whatever I want tonight. Oh, man. Here we go. So when I said plethora of news, uh, when I I said plethora of news, I want you to understand that that was uh, extreme hyperbole. We have two news items tonight. Yeah, two bullets. It's a a slow week uh, for video games because we are coming up to what should normally be E3 week that we're not going to get because... Things are terrible and horrible. Uh, we did get Pokemon news, but we uh, also got more important news that uh, there's been an update to the Nintendo 64 app on the Switch, <laughs> which has fixed a game-breaking bug that was reported last week for Kirby, Kirby 64. Uh, basically, if you got hit underwater, there could be a game-breaking bug occur that would lock your game, and you would have to reset, and it would erase all the data as well. Uh, that is now. It wouldn't fixed. erase the data. That's you not could true. Not erase the data. No, you could still. I thought it did. No, it it it's it's soft. The menu is soft still locked. worked. 
So gotcha. it, it just it just locked Kirby into the stun animation, so you couldn't move anymore. But you can right. you can say start, exit level, re-enter the level, and try it again. Yes, you are you are correct. You are correct. Thank you for correcting me. I'm actually showing you live on the show. Yeah. It was Paper Mario that deleted data, and I'm yeah. still upset yes, about that. That's right. Paper Mario did delete data. So now the Nintendo Switch Online has been updated to 2.3.1. So if you've not gone and done that. Go right now, grab your switch, hit the plus button, update that app, and end up not playing Kirby 64. Because really, who's who's playing Kirby 64? Actually, funny story about that. Kirby 64 is one of those games I skipped because uh, 64 was in the high school era and I didn't have a lot of money. So I decided, you know what? I'm I'm at a point where I could actually go back and play Kirby 64 now and do it. And I absolutely encountered that bug. And it was really annoying using save states to try and get past it. And I finally said, screw it. And the next day, the patch went live. So I was able to finish the game. So that bug actually did affect me. You know, Barry, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I missed Kirby 64 as well. I did not own this game. Uh, as well as not owning Kirby's Dream Land 3, because I couldn't find it in stores because it was yep. a very late title for the Super Nintendo. I remember trying in vain to find it and Mega Man X3 in physical yep. form and could not find them. I didn't play Mega Man X3 until way later. Um, but I did not expect Kirby 64 to be as good as it is. There's some flaws. There's some problems. The number one problem is... And I think they address this well with uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land is most Kirby games play like you're moving through molasses and Kirby 64 is the worst of those. Yes. It's so slow. It's so, but like Kirby, I, I feel like Kirby and the Forgotten Land, you know, they gave him a speed boost, made him feel a little more speedy, made him feel a little more agile. This game though, I do love the combining of the powers. I think that's a really cool mechanic. I would love to see that return. That's a cool mechanic, but but of all the Kirby games, it's one of my least favorite of the traditional Kirby games. And really, yeah, I, I did not like what they did with a lot of the the power ups. Like Cutter is one of my favorites of all time, and I think Kirby sixty four's Cutter is hot garbage, um, just complete hot garbage. Yes, I was yes. like, oh, what did you do to my? This is terrible. Well, my God, who thought it would be a good idea for him to throw his body? I know, and then you can't do and like it not be there. Pop. It's so bad. It's totally vulnerable. Although you, I really feel like if you get the cutter and the bomb and combine yes. them to the ninja star, That's you can amazing. go through the entire game. Yes. That's it. That That's it. The best combination. Hold on to that. You've beat the game. That's it. Um, so yeah, that's that that is available now. But let's move on to the big news here, which is the second trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, which began to show us our first look at the world as well as uh, lots of other details. Uh, here's some things that we learned from the trailer. This is going to be the first open world RPG in the Pokemon series. Uh, there's also new characters that were revealed, revealed in this trailer, Professor Sada and Professor Turo, as well as your hot friend and rival, Nimona. Come on, guys. Well, like, hell, even the professors are hot. So, Look, like, like, can we just say best rival ever in a Pokemon game? Yeah, yeah, and the player is still a potato, but everyone else is hot. <laughs> well, um, it, well, if you want to talk about hot, Lechonk. Lechonk yeah. Man. Oh, that Pokemon, dude. Uh, I, I saw li- of the of the f- five new Pokemon that they've shown, and we'll get to those in a minute. 
LeChonk is the only one that they named in the trailer. The other four they showed but didn't show the name is. Yeah, they don't they, they, the cuz they cuz they knew. They knew when they dropped my chonky boy that nobody else was going to care about any other pokemon and we don't. Yeah. Roger is already who declared. Who not love LeChonk? Roger has already declared LeChonk is in my party and he will be there until the end. Yes. Yes. You know what he really reminds me of, Jesse? Let's go back really far here into the anime database and pull this out. He's Uh-oh. Peachan from Ron Mahaff. Yes. <laughs> That's why I love him so much, because Peachan was my favorite character from Ron Mahaff. So speaking, speaking of shows that we only saw part of you know, we, from the pre-show. Yeah, I, I only I stopped watching it midway through the second season just because I hated the grandpa character. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, let me just say this. Uh, ding, ding, Mecha Dragon. That's my one anime reference for the year. Yes, I used to watch anime. No, I don't watch it anymore. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Ron Mahath. That's that's what it's called. If you haven't watched it, you need to. It's a really good series. Uh, lots of memorable don't, characters. Don't, don't watch it with your parents around. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> watch with or, kids either. Or, or don't watch kids. with kids. Don't let your kids watch it. Um, anyway. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Pokemon. Uh, let, the the biggest thing. By Ron here's, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> let's talk about the biggest thing probably shown off in this trailer that captured the most attention from the most people. And that is four-player online co-op. For the first time in a Pokemon game, you're going to be able to meet up with your friends and go on Pokemon adventures throughout the world. Um, I, I mean, what can I say here, guys? This it, it really looks cool. From there, it was the, the Pokemon were revealed. We're going to talk about them right now. Um, we talked about Lechonk, which is the greatest Pokemon of all time. Uh, also revealed was Palmy, yet another electric-type mouse Pokemon. Yeah, that's the Pikachu clone. Come on, guys. Do we? Well, every, ge- every generation needs to have a Pikachu clone. No, they don't. They have Pikachu. That's what they have. And it's already confirmed that Pikachu's in the game. So why do we need a Palmy? <laughs> Maybe don't. when he evolves, he's an electric something else. That's a new new combo Ooh. type. Well, that's a that's a good electric rat Pokemon. Then <laughs> I don't know electric. Oh, why couldn't it be like an electric gerbil Pokemon or an electric hamster? We had that last attack season, last would be season. to run on a wheel and it shoots the wheel across and it's electric. Yeah, we, we had Come that on. last season with the, uh, the 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 hangry mode and the yeah oh yeah yeah what was his name Morpico? I don't remember. I think his name was yeah. I think his name was Morpico. I don't remember. Uh, so yeah, Lechonk's also shown off. Palmy uh, Smoliv has been shown off, which this I love this uh, grass normal type olive Pokemon. Uh, as well as the two legendaries shown off, Corridon and Miradon, which uh, right now I'm going to go ahead and say this. Hashtag Team Miradon for life. All right. That's who I'm going with. I've already confirmed it. I'm Pokemon Violet all the way. I, I, I'm on the fence. I, I like Miradon, but I also like uh, so, uh, Sada. So I'm Scarlet, so... Okay, so we're buying the we're we're gonna go ahead and buy the uh, the the double pack, right? My, me and my son, we always buy the double pack. And he he his YouTube channel is Red Warrior Network, so he was immediately gonna go Scarlet, and I was like, "Are you going Scarlet?" Like I think you are, and he's like, "Oh yeah, definitely." And as soon as he saw the Red Dragon Pokemon too, he was all in. I was like, "Good," because I was really gonna have to fight you for for Violet, because I just love I love the design of that like jet charged. Turbo carbon fiber beak 
digitized eyes Miradon. Yeah, yeah and they're both designed that looks like you can ride them as a mount. Yeah, that's interesting. Here's here's something else that's interesting. Uh, very observant, very smart people on the internet have already uh, kind of, uh, you know, deciphered that both professors' names are shortened Spanish words for past and future. Yeah. And if you and- look at their names, Professor Pasada, which means past, and Professor Futuro, which means future, they both look, I mean, she's a caveman. Yep. Basically, and he's like from the future. So is there going to be time travel in this Pokemon game? That'd be interesting. Kind of, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. Kind of like kind of expanding on what they started with in Arceus. Except for Arceus, it went one way and never went back. Here you might go back and be able to go back and forth. So at the end, there's at the end, the very end of the trailer, I thought this was something that was like the new Pokemon uh, group or Pokemon um, company logo was going to pop up. There's like this almost like a sea of glass panels or something. Yeah. And there's a poke- that and, was. and there's a Pokeball that comes through it. And then it just kind of stops in the middle. And I was like, oh, it's going to say Pokemon company. But it never did. Some people are speculating that that could be some type, some like something alluding to the gimmick uh, that is that that's in this. And I, I think it's time travel. I think yeah. we're going to go back and forth. I think that's a great idea. You know, it's something they haven't done, and it's something that's proven. You know, in other Nintendo properties, right? You know, you have Legend of Zelda has done it multiple times, and it's worked really well. And another IP is have absolutely done that as well. So I'd like to see them do that, especially if there's, you know, poke, the whole thing of Pokemon is evolution and humans and animals have evolved over decades and, and millennia. So it'd be really cool to see some more prehistoric Pokemon because we already had like Aerodactyl, Kabuto, all those extinct Pokemon. You go back and catch them and then in the future, those are extinct and there's new Pokemon that have taken over. What if there's this thing in the game or you have to leave a Pokemon in the past and uh, then come get it in the future. That's a Maniac Mansion or Day of the Tentacle stuff right there, actually. Well, I, uh, I'm all Chrono, for that. Chrono Trigger did something similar with yeah. Yeah, yeah you left uh, you left Robo in the past working on the on the desert, and then you yeah. got to the end, and he you you go get him in the future. And then there's like the sun rock that you put in the past and let it charge for sixty billion years. Oh yeah, yeah, remember that. The uh, man, yes, there's some good stuff there, absolutely. Yeah. And so, someone in the chat said, you know, they could use time travel to bring in the Hisui Pokemon that that's never true been in any other game. That's true. That was- and 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 I mean, there's there's a very let me ask you this did uh, did you play Pokemon Sword and Shield? I did. What did you think of Pokemon Sword and Shield when they like, like go back to when they released? What did you think about them then, and what what about now? Well, just as a quick history with Pokemon, I was there from the beginning. You know, Pokemon okay. Red Blue. I loved Pokemon up until probably Diamond Pearl. I just I just couldn't get through them. 
and I stopped. I didn't do black and white or black. I tried black and white too a little bit. And X and Y brought me back a little bit. Sun and Moon, I didn't even touch. And then Sword and Shield, I'm like, all right, I'm going to come back into this. I just did Let's Go. Let's Your go path there. is like 95% my path. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and I think it's a lot of our paths. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, Sword and Shield. I know a lot of people didn't like it. And I was like, you know what? It's formulaic. But I like the ideas that they're trying to do, like with the wild area, having fun with the wild area. I enjoyed the post game. I thought the story was cool. I liked the setting. You know, was it a terribly difficult game? No, but I'm at that age where I don't really need a terribly difficult game. I'm just fine playing a game and enjoying myself. And I really did overall enjoy Sword and Shield. Was it my game of the year? Absolutely not. Was it the best Pokemon game? Absolutely not. But I do think it gets a lot of hate that I don't agree with but that's their everyone's opinion you're allowed to that for me i really did enjoy my time with it that being said arceus blew it away in every way possible arceus was the game i wanted in 64 as a kid you know in high school that's the game i wanted so yeah. uh you know sword and shield is good arceus was better but yeah i, I mean let's arceus be honest the, the best pokemon game of all time i put on yeah i mean it's it's the pokemon game we've that everybody who's ever played pokemon always wanted Right. Yeah. And I I'm three hours into it and I put it down and went, oh, other game shiny. And I need to come back to it. It's in my backlog. So and I, I'm count, I'm conquering my backlog one one game at a time. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh, but the reason I ask you that, Barry, is this is that uh, I like when Sword and Shield came out and even when uh, we were getting you know periodic updates, like almost monthly updates leading up to Sword and Shield. Right. There was a lot of people, there was a lot of negativity in the Pokemon community and then there's no community at large. Oh, yeah. Uh, talking about which, I mean, it, that's it, welcome to Thursday, right? In the Nintendo community. But oh, the trees, look at the trees. Yeah, the trees, the everything, the everybody, everybody was knocking this game. I'm really surprised so far with uh, Scarlet and Violet that the reaction to it seems pretty favorable. Yes. And so the first trailer did have some of the, you know, foregrounds running at 30 frames a second, the backgrounds running at 15 frames a second. You know, a lot of, you know, they they pulled that, they did a lot of that in Arceus. And so there was a little grief on that. But yeah, with the second trailer, I I don't think I've heard hardly any negativity on it. The the designs for the, 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 you know, the rival, the professor, I mean, everybody's been talking about how good they look. Um, Of course, the, 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 uh, Toro looks like Kit. Yeah, I mean, like the the <laughs> the he kind of does. Yes, it's 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 well, uncanny. That's the first uh, thing Roger said. That's the first thing Kit said. Yeah, it's like hey, it's me. Um, and, I mean, if it's an open world game and it's bringing over some of the stuff from from Arceus, here's what I'm curious to 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 see is I'm glad there's kind of been some confirmation about the open world nature of it. Because when I first saw it, I was like, those menus look just like Sword and Shield. Those deck, those text boxes look like just like Sword and Shield. Everything just looks like it's just been like the, the UI has been just imported over. And there was the moment where um, <clears throat> you had your, your character sneaking up on the small end, right? And then it looked like instead of like it made it kind of look like she was throwing the Pokeball to catch it. And I was like, okay, did, did she throw it to catch it or did she have to battle it and then do it? Because there was also a battle shown yeah. during that time too. It was, so is it traditional Pokemon back to the same old, same old, 
or have we learned from Arceus and used that as a bridge? I think that the sample size is incredibly too small to be able to judge that right now. I I hope this game has been well into development before Arceus came out. So if I, I think this, they they probably took things from Arceus that we think this will be good. We'll continue with it, but any other learnings, we're not going to see it until the next game. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. It They're always on how hard kind of a generation behind, right? Yeah, that's what happens when you have get multiple games in development at once. Yeah, yeah, and it's just going to be interesting to see how this turns out. Of course, we also got a release date uh, for this game in this trailer of November 18th. So we know, yes, we're keeping with the November date for Pokemon to prime and and, and ready it for holiday sales. Uh, Right. So it's going to be there um, over under guys on this, getting a special edition, uh, either switch Lite or switch. Go get a switch OLED. Ooh. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. There is no Switch OLED Special Edition yet, and we know Breath of the Wild 2 is until next year, so why not? There probably will be a light, but it won't include the game. They've done that before. (laughs) That true. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Then they're going to have a Switch bundle with Mario Kart 8. (laughs) That's what (laughs) I was going to say. Did they move Mario Kart 8, though, to the OLED bundle? And let Pokemon be the old one, or is it all going yeah, on there? Yeah, yeah, the OLED bundle will be Mario Kart 8, and the regular bundle will be Switch Sports. You know, it surprises me with all these Mario Kart 8 bundles. How come they don't just throw in one, two Switch at this point? <laughs> it should have been thrown in from the beginning. Yeah. I get you there. It's like, nope, you're still getting the same Mario Kart 8, and you will like it. <laughs> Well, now we're definitely going to get Mario Kart 8 because it's probably also going to include the booster pass, right? Or it's going to include a month of the of the NSO or three months with the expansion for those three months yeah. so you can get access to the booster pass with it. That that, that was, is very likely. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, well, that's all we have for Pokemon. Um, you, you missed a sub-bullet. Oh, I sure did. This is important. Uh, it is. It was also revealed that Toby Fox composed some music for this game. It's no longer music that's optional. In other words, if you if you wanted to hear Toby Fox's track for Pokemon Sword and Shield, you needed to have the DLC and do the uh, Panda Tower. Uh, that was where that was. Um, but Toby Fox has not worked on a track, but multiple tracks for this brand new Pokemon game, and you'll get to hear them in the game. I don't know which uh, track it well. was, but he said one of the tracks played in the trailer was one of his. Oh, that's cool. Be interesting to see. Uh, Mecha Dragon in the chat, hanging out in the chat here, says again they may as well recruit the dude. I agree. Hire Toby Fox. Awesome. Uh, help make help finish Delta Rune, and then let him do whatever <laughs> he wants. If he wants to make music for Mario or Pokemon or whatever, let him do it. Dude's a genius. And I realize that's maybe a very argued opinion. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a genius. Anyway, that's our news for this week, guys. Uh, like we said, a plethora of news. And what we're going to do real quick here is take an ad break and go over and hear about our sponsor, Manscaped. 
Hey folks, today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Big thanks to their continued support. Ladies and gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner and our friends over at Manscaped are here to ensure that all the father figures in your life, they're gonna be looking daddy good this June. You know what I'm saying? Daddy good, all right? Because Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their Lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle all those weird like old man hairs that come out of the nose, that come out of the ears. This right here is no dad joke, you know? No dad joke at all. Treat him or maybe even yourself, and join in with over the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, at manscaped.com. Trust me, this dad bod will thank you. Now, let me, let me, let me think about this for you, all right? Maybe you're like, you know, I'll, I'll pick this up for my dad, but hey, can I encourage you? Not just maybe your dad, maybe your father-in-law right? Maybe your friend who just recently became a dad. Congratulations to you. Welcome to the dad club. Come on in. It smells like uh, a rich mahogany in here, right? And sometimes doubt and uh, regret. But nonetheless, welcome to the dad club. You should treat yourself right. You should use these Manscaped products. So maybe you're getting it for him. Maybe you're getting it for your brother-in-law. Maybe you're getting it for your really good friend who's like, hey, you know what? I respect you. I see you. I think you should treat yourself, right? So don't, don't just treat your dad. Treat your friend, treat your best friend, treat your brother-in-law, treat your brother, treat just maybe the guy across the street. Hey, here's a package from Manscaped. You look like you need some help, right? Because hey, as we all get a little bit older, these weird hairs go all over the place, right? And Manscaped has got you covered. I absolutely, 110% love the Manscaped products. You know that, all the dads do, right? We, uh, we're trying to keep dad bod ready for the summer. We know it happens, right? But I got to take care of those hairs. I got to make sure that everything smells nice. I got to make sure that I'm looking the best that I can uh, for, uh, for everyone, right? So again, head over to manscaped.com, use a code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, for 20% off and free shipping. Big thanks to Manscaped for their continued support. Hey guys, back to you. Thank you. Thank you, Justin, for that information. Be sure to head over to manscaped.com and use the code NINDADS to get 20% off and free shipping. And it works on everything. It doesn't just work on below the belt grooming. It also works on uh, the shampoo, the conditioner, lip balm, all that good stuff uh, that's a little bit more visible <laughs> as well. Uh, and you can go check that out. Jesse, let's listen uh, or let's talk about some rumors, shall we? All right. So PlayStation may have leaked the release date to TMNT Shredder's Revenge. That's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. An internal database now shows the release date at June 16th. And, you know, that could be a, a pretty specific placeholder, especially when you think about this being a summer 2022 game. And June 16th isn't exactly summer, but we won't know for sure uh, until this is announced. Um, Barry, I was going to throw it over to you. Uh, are you anticipating the release of this game? Question one. And two, what do you think about June 16th as a release date? 
June 16th seems like a, uh, a fine release date. I mean, it's 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 like next right. week. Yeah, it's in I mean, weeks. it's it's just getting getting it really quickly. But no, I'm I'm super happy for this game. I grew up with the Turtles arcade and and TMNT three and and even one and, and like all those games, Hyperstone Heist, Turtles in Time. I loved them all. Uh, and the fact that they got the voice cast from the you know the '87 cartoon, like this is my childhood in a game. I'm super super stoked for this game, and I just hope. I hope it lives up to the hype because as you know, we, we saw this when Platinum did their Turtles game, right? Mutant in Manhattan. It's like, oh man, Platinum Games doing a Turtles game. It's gonna be great. And it was like, oh, it's not as good. So I just hope that this game can live up to the hype because I, I almost feel it's an impossible level of hype at this point to deliver. Yeah. And I think that's something that's important for us to talk about. Um Streets of Rage 4 was good. And maybe this is blasphemous. Streets of Rage 4 wasn't great. I can see that. W. Yeah. Guillaume's here, you say that. He's put over <laughs> 200 hours over the last well, two years. Everyone's allowed their opinion, though. <laughs> here's the deal. Like, there's a point that I got to in Streets of Rage 4 where... I realized this was absolutely made for co-op couch play only. You cannot, I cannot do this single player. And I said, I'm done. Yeah. And Guillaume plays That's it with a his problem. wife. <laughs> and I am uh, not looking forward to that moment in Streets of Rage 4. Or man, in, 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 in Shredder's Revenge. Yep. Now, do you think that will be the case? Or do you think maybe they learned from Streets of Rage 4 and maybe the IP holders said, hey, you know what? We don't want that. We want to make sure that anyone can single player beat this game. And I mean, they could. They could. And, and here's the thing. Like, when I say Streets of Rage 4 is good, not great, here's what I want you to understand. I thought it was, it looks amazing. Brilliant. Um, but I was expecting a little bit more. I was expect like, what I got felt like a pretty Sega Genesis game, which I think is what people would say that they really want. But I wanted that kind of moderned up a little bit. Like I wanted it to feel a little bit more quick, a little more snappy, and it didn't. Now, Turtles does look like it's a more kind of frenetic pace. But, yeah, I'm I like it's that's going to be, I don't know. See, I, I agree with you there. And I think, I think pace is the keyword. I think the game has to have a good pace. Uh, you know, growing up with beat 'em ups, Double Dragon, Final Fight, Streets of Rage, Turtles, uh, loved them all. Simpsons Arcade, X Men, Captain America, all of them, loved them. Going back and playing them now, I have a hard time getting through them. I find myself just getting bored by levels just going on forever, more endless enemies just to constantly fight. It just it's like repetitive. And I guess as a kid, it was just the excitement of seeing these characters and the graphics and all that stuff. And now it's just, you know, I really needed to hold my attention. Otherwise it's, Oh, look, I'm fighting, you know, foot soldier number 575 and there's a mouser there. And I've done this already before. Like I need some excitement to keep me interested. I literally had that same experience earlier this week. I I just, I, I boot up the turtles, original arcade um, in my, my arcade emulator system over them mm-hmm. in the corner. I played like two levels and I'm like, I'm bored. Yeah. That those are, those games are more fun when you're playing it with friends. Yep. Absolutely. Now I agree with that. I'll agree with that. 
Um, but like I can go back now and play TMNT four, uh, and it feels faster now than it did than, than Streets of Rage four does. So I'm not saying it's going to be like a complete wash or anything. I just hope that they, like, I think the Turtles franchise, like you said, it lends itself more to um, bounciness, I guess, or, you know, quickness or, you know, a, a, a heightened pace. I think there's, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to buy it no matter what. But I, and I, I honestly, I like, I love the, I'm like you, I love the date of June 16th. I don't, I don't know that it's going to happen. Um, we have known about the game for like two years. so it, And it was yeah. playable at PAX. It was. It was. I just, do you think that they're saving it for the Nintendo show? If there's Probably. a Nintendo show? Yeah. Which or, there's going to be, right? Or one of the shows. Yeah. They could drop on the Xbox show is all I know. It could. That's true. It could. Uh, that's June 12th. Well, Whoever whoever decides to pay them the most money, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, there's always the Calabunga collection, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, there's always that. that I guess that hasn't been two years. We first found out about it in April of last year. It seems like two years, but it only has been one. Yeah, I'm sure, it's been in development for longer than that, though. Oh yeah, but the here's the thing. In the world we live in now does every year not feel like two years? yes very very it's, true it's yeah, like it, it, it feels like two months and two years at the same time i've lived 720 days <laughs> uh yeah so um let's talk playstation for a minute i know this is not really rumors but state of play was today uh and all of us do you, barry do you have ps4 or ps5 i have both Okay, yeah, both. I know Jesse's got a PS5. I've got a PS5. Uh, I saw in the chat earlier, Mecha Dragons now got a PS5. They're, they're, they're starting to get more available out there. They're starting to, about time, right? And year and a half past post-launch, you got to start, um, you know. But here's the deal. Um, PlayStation announced today, Tunic is coming to PS4 and PS5 on September 27th, among a bevy of other games. Uh, and I will, I have to say like our PlayStation friends, like mega dads and, uh, Mr. Bad bit over at the PlayStation trophy room. And, uh, all those guys were it, like, they were crowing about the show today. So it was so good and how it hit it out of the park. Um, what do you think? Do you, did, did you like what you saw? I have, I have thoughts. I have opinions <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to let you maybe just did you just go first. <laughs> Set me up, huh? Um, I thought the show was good. Did I think it hit it out of the park? For me personally, no. But for other people, absolutely. Uh, I'm not a big Resident Evil fan. Uh, I haven't played Resident Evil in a while. But if you are and you're excited about remakes and VR versions of games that are already out, then great. You know, it's something for you. Um, I I'm much ex- worse than playing a spooky game is than playing a spooky game in VR. <laughs> I, playing I'm a spooky game scared. with an expensive headset on your head. Yeah, I'm I'm not exactly looking forward to even trying that. I'm not a big horror guy, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I am looking forward to like Horizon VR. I think that looks really cool. Um, you know, there was Final Fantasy 16, of course, uh, which which ended the game, uh, which ended the show, I should say. I'm really excited for I have full faith in Yoshida 
He's done wonders for Final Fantasy XIV, so I am really excited to see what they do with sixteen. I like the whole summons, and looks like you can transform into them. Uh, I'm really interested to see where they go with the story on that. I'm not the biggest fan of the real-time action. I, I do prefer the turn-based, but but I will absolutely give it a chance. I like Strangers of Paradise. Be. Yeah, I like Strangers of Paradise. I didn't like fifteen, so we'll see how sixteen goes. Again, I love fourteen, so uh, that. We've been waiting for 16 forever. That wasn't a surprise. We knew 16 was coming. It was just great to see it. Uh, Tunic, now that it's going to PlayStation, it wouldn't surprise me to see Tunic appear at the Nintendo Direct, um, showing that it's on the Switch as well. I don't see why we wouldn't bring it to the Switch. Why uh, I put it on the notes? Because... Will does yeah. will the Switch get it the same day or not? Yeah. We don't. Yeah, I, I'm sure it will. Um, or at least close to. And then, you know, there were a couple other games, but one game... The, the other, well, I said it's the only other game that really stood out to me that that uh, not a lot of people are talking about is that Eternites game. And that game just looked so unique. Yeah. Like like you losing your hand and then it becomes like a sword and you have all these different characters and it looks, looks like an action JRPG with some persona. Like, yeah, sign me up. That actually has me excited. I'm really interested to see more from that. And I don't. I, I don't see yeah. a lot of people talking about that. I, I just looked at the Tunic website. They they didn't. They haven't added the PS4 and PS5 icons on the bottom, but they do have a banner in the middle saying that it's coming on September twenty seventh. So, I'd say maybe they're just waiting. Yeah, if either it's not coming to Switch or they'll add it to the website once it's officially announced somewhere. Makes sense. No, but overall, yeah. I thought it was a good show. It was short. When it ended, I was like, wait, that's it? Like, um, uh, I, I, I think I, we knew it was only going like, to be a half an hour. It was. I don't even think it was half an hour. It was like 28 minutes or 27 minutes. I don't know. It seems like Sony still hasn't figured out a way to pace their shows. And and I think it was a pacing issue. Uh, like I said, overall, it's still a good show. There's some, some exciting stuff coming. I'm really looking forward to seeing more PSVR 2 and seeing how that works and and all that, but uh, yeah. you know, I, I know the whole yet. Final Fantasy 16 thing is a in my in our fantasy fantasy critic game. Someone picked it, and I countered it, so they can't remove it. And since it's not coming out this year, they'll get negative points, and I'll get positive points for that action. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So here's here's my thoughts. Uh, I think. The, there was a phrase that you used. If if that's your jam or whatever, then I'm happy for you. Um, but I tweeted this, and and surprisingly nobody bit when I said this. Uh, but when I when I saw just the stills from it, um, I the the initial gut reaction I had was, why does everything look like the real world? <laughs> and I know, like we have these super powerful systems. And consoles now that Unreal can five. do all this, but my thing is this: I play games to escape the world, and like I am just so—that's that's, that's uh, why Sora looks the way he does. In, yeah, yeah. In like I'm kind of over everything being dark, and you know, like yes. Final Fantasy 16 looked so samey. It did to, it to, to everything to else. And like, if you put, if you didn't name those games, 
and you put that and Elden Ring screens together, it would, for me, it would be hard to. You know, even putting in some cases 15 to versus 16 together and show it to someone who doesn't know. Yeah, yeah it's it's very samey. Um, I still can't get over the, I'm like you, like, and call me an old man. I don't care. Like, the, the turn-based gameplay of Final Fantasy dying has been one of the worst things that has happened. Uh, and everybody's always like, yeah, well, you've got this or you've got that. Well, maybe that's not what I'm looking for because yeah. guess what? In the turn-based, and we're still the turn-based about combat. Dragon Quest 12. Don't, right, break, this, don't break Dragon Quest 12. The, the same, the same <laughs> like the, the offerings that have come out that are turn-based, they've all got like extra stuff added to it. Like you've got a bravely, or you've got a default, or you've got to hit them so many times to break their barrier. Blah blah. blah. I, can we not hey, just get like? Don't knock bravely default. That is a fantastic series. I just can't do it, man. I fantastic can't. The closest thing I've found to like scratching that itch is Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. I mean, and I'm not played it. I really have the time to devote to that. I mean, Persona Five. I devoted. Some, I mean, some time too because it was turn based. But. <sighs> Yeah, they're both hundred. Everything games. have to. Everything doesn't have to be a button mashy, angsty, dark, yeah, hellscape See, of a game. Like I, it, I think it's all you know. Fifteen. I understood why it was because it was supposed to be versus thirteen. It was supposed to be a spinoff, and spinoffs are just that. Like Strangers of Paradise. Like I don't. I don't mind that it was an you know action RPG style because again, it was a it was a spinoff of Final Fantasy. Uh, I do wish sixteen was. Uh, at, at the very least, use the the the, uh, the the gambit system from twelve. Like I didn't mind twelve system either because I played a lot of eleven, and that was fine. That was that was almost turn based the action. It wasn't spamming buttons like crazy. Um, but I do want to know in the in the trailer or in the the state of play, they did show off another game which was already previously announced, but they showed off the first gameplay of it, which was Street Fighter Six. Which a Thank God they didn't uh, change. They changed the logo. Like, the logo was really bad at the beginning. But did anyone else feel like it was a new Final Fight game at the beginning of that before they revealed it was Street Fighter Six? Because they yeah, had Metro City. Yeah, because of like the, the adventure mode. Yeah, like I was like, oh my God, they're in Metro City. This is a new Final Fight. This is gonna be like they're trying Streetwise again. Did they not learn? Um, also, one my, I see one of my Twitter friends from back in VG Tribune days said, "Am I looking at an open world Street Fighter game? <laughs> what is this?" Yeah, um, and I think that could be cool. I really do. I think that could be an interesting twist on, you know, I see uh, the, the same that, old formula. Uh, who is it? Mecha Dragon asked, "Didn't Stranger of Paradise take place in FF1? It's an alternate." It's I can't say much without spoiling it, but it is an alternate version in a way of FF one. So it's not it's not like part of the mainline canon. It's almost You've like got a four if. guys attacking Garland. Just they're doing it in a different way, right? No, it's much more than that. Okay, it's <laughs> much more. Garland is the first boss, I think. Oh, so, it's the first. It, in, spoiler yeah, for Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy One, he's one the game. First, yes, Garland is the first and the last boss. Yes, yes, but it's not that way here. Um, <laughs> okay, there's something else. There's there's something more to it. If you play it and again, I don't want to spoil it. It's more akin to maybe Hyrule Warriors: uh, Age of Calamity, where it's not like really a fully prequel. It's a 
kind of a what if it's an alternate version of that's what stranger paradise is yeah there's iphones and and, and earbuds and stuff like that and yeah it's very weird yeah well well there's techn- there's other stuff too i can't the game the one of the game the game i'm most excited about is that came out of that is the the one you mentioned earlier what was the name of that game again Which etherlight one? or oh, everlight it's Eternites. Internets. Okay. Uh, the other one is Stray. It looks I, great. I'm too. really looking forward to that one. My daughter wants but to play that one. Like the youngest one. Final Fantasy 16 for me is probably a skip. Resident Evil 4 remake is definitely a skip. Uh, the other, the Castillo effect or Callisto effect, skip. Uh, there's going to, like, if you look at 2003 or 2023, Dead Space, Callisto Effect, and Resident Evil are all coming out with like in a three to four month time. So horror fans, y'all eating good, uh, oh, yeah. but I not not well, don't, me. Don't forget uh, Resident Evil Eight in VR and The Walking Dead is doing VR. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, they got a lot. Um, so I mean, I think it'd be good. I would just like again, I, I get it. I'm I'm probably an outlier when it comes to my opinion. Uh, on this like and apparently i am because triple a does crazy money so apparently i'm the the one that's not right but i i don't know uh i would rather <laughs> i would rather see more more games like internet and and stray there, and there was another one and stuff with the like bike that. Where, uh, where the girl had like the bike and was rolling around and taking pictures like my wife was like oh this game looks really great i forget the name of it now that's called akira simulator yeah I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. It's, no, I forget the name a, of it. It was it was shown in the indie thing. I think it was right after Tuna. Yeah, you know that, and that, that's one thing. Um, I think PlayStation bobbles really badly. Is they're they're like they're um, the way they handle indies is just not good. Like it's it's not the platform for indies, and it's very obvious if you go look at their there's. I mean, most of them release on on PlayStation store with very little fanfare at all uh but then they've got you know final fantasy 16 you can turn into a vomit i mean why play indies right i'm sure 16 will be on xbox as well i don't, I don't think it's oh i'm sure exclusive. i'm sure it will so yeah um 16 i think i want to try but if if it plays like 15 then i'm not gonna yeah exactly have to um, how it plays. 15 did not did not capture me yeah. at all. And I tried it. I tried it twice. Yeah. I, I tried, uh, I tried, to get into I tried 15, you know, back when you could rent games out of a red box and the tutorial pissed me off and put it back in the envelope and returned it to the box. <laughs> I, I, I had to suffer through the demos. Like they, they had the special demos you could download. And those were like, Oh, maybe the real game is going to be better. No, no, it was not. No, not even the pocket version. <laughs> Right. play that version uh so let's I I uh, that, but never played it let's put a pin in these rumors uh we'll come back and see and and see how all this all does of course later uh there's a couple of things uh we want to focus on in our let's discuss segment this week so let's head over there so i wanted to talk about this one uh, which is is probably not normal, but then Barry said, "Yeah, I want to talk about that too." So uh, let's talk Sonic Frontiers. Uh, this game was shown off uh, this week with a brand new teaser trailer and seven minutes of gameplay. 
uh, on IGN, and IGN will also be featuring combat abil- uh, a, a uh, combat abilities video. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this, it's supposed to come out today. Uh, if you're watching us live, it's Friday everywhere. But guys, um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Sonic meets Breath of the Wild, right? Is <laughs> that's really uh, what this is, pretty much, right, Barry? You uh, saw the trailer. You saw I, the. I uh, did, the, and I watched about three and a half minutes of the gameplay. Okay, so um, what do you think? I am cautiously optimistic. Sure. Uh, as a Sonic fan, as somebody who is well known, like knows how the series goes, and the, and the fact that Sega is like, oh, we're we're aiming to make a good game this time. It's like. Really? What were you doing all were those you other not times? Aiming it last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for me, I love open world games. Breath of the Wild, prime example. One of the things I love about open world games is exploring, looking what's here, what's there. You know, finding hidden secrets. And Sonic is all about going quickly. So those two things really do not compute. And when when Sonic Lost World came out, it was like, oh, this looks like Mario Galaxy, right? And Sonic. And it just didn't really work for me because I wanted that slow, melodic platforming. And instead, it was I was going too quickly. You know, it just didn't feel right. So I'm really worried if I'm going to wind up being like, oh, I want to go over there, but I can't get myself there because I'm going too quickly or it just doesn't control well. Or, oh, I was about to land there and I landed on a grind rail and now I'm grinding in the wrong direction and it's on autopilot for the next 30 seconds. And I don't know. I really need to see more. The gameplay looked interesting. They, they showed like climbing a tower where there was a bunch of the hidden things. Um, but again, there was no context to it and it was just someone playing it and, and their skill was hit or miss depending on how you want to put it because there were things like, oh no, go see what's over there. No, okay. Don't don't see what's over there. Who cares? Um, again, cautiously optimistic. Will I do I plan to get it at launch? Yes. Do I plan to try it at launch? Yes. Unless the reviews are just coming out and they're just like 2.0 out of 10. Do not buy this game. Then I'll wait till it's on sale. But if I have time to play it and it, it continues to look good, I will give it a fair shot. Okay, yeah. Like I'm I'm like you, like I'm cautious, I'm cautiously optimistic because as a, as a kid who had both the Super Nintendo and a Sega Genesis, uh, I loved Sonic when I was, when I was a teenager, played Sonic one, two, three and Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic CD, love Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure two. And since then, not so much. I mean, there's been some that have popped back in that I like, like Sonic Colors, Sonic Generations, the Sonic Rush on the Game Boy Advance or Sonic yes. Advance, whatever that was. Sonic Mania was great. Of course, that's because fans made it. Uh, <laughs> but I, right. I remember seeing the very first like reveal of this and then like going, okay, this could be good, right? Um, what I'm worried about is that Every game now seems to be taking this cue from this like open world, sparse piano music, real world, let's make it look realistic setting like mountains and all kinds of other stuff. And y'all, it kind of looked like Sonic got mashed up like in a PB&J sandwich with Breath of the Wild and Xenoblade Chronicles. Which I'm okay with if done properly. I mean, that's just, it's all about the execution. Yeah. Like, Come on, when, when, we, when we first found out that Mario was going to be in a role-playing game, what? Mario in a role-playing game, and then it turned out to be fantastic. 
And then when we all saw it was Super more Mario with a gun, <laughs> Mario with a gun with Robins. Exactly. When, when super paper or, or Mario RPG two was first shown off and everyone's like, this art style looks terrible. They ripped on paper Mario and then it became paper Mario and people were like, wow, this is a really good game. Um, I think it's, everything's worth a shot. It's absolutely worth a shot. Uh, I'm, I'm also really excited to hear the music because you talked about music. I think Sonic uh, has some of the best themes in in gaming, and if in not in terms of a setting, but in terms of like something I would listen to standard, like put on my track to when I want to listen to music with vocals. Um, and I would I'm really interested to see what they do if they bring Crush Forty back, if they wind up, you know, doing new artists or or whatever they go with. I just hope it's really good because I like Sonic music. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, music wise. You're right. Sonic has always been uh, good, but <sighs> the execution—it's all execution. Sonic 06 like, could have been a good game, but it when was I, <laughs> terrible. When I look at that map, when I look at that map, and I see lots of mountains, and I don't see lots of flat spaces and lots of like loops and things like that. I keep wondering why can they not get it that what we really want out of this game is not some huge world to explore or some crazy like robo creatures to defeat and grind rails and all that stuff. We want the speed. Well, maybe we're only seeing a very small part. Remember when Breath of the Wild was shown off and they showed off all this crazy stuff and then they're like, oh, yeah, all this stuff is only in the starter area. They just showed off stuff on the plateau. The rest of the game, they didn't show off. They let us explore. So for all we know, this is the starting area. This is just to get our feet wet, to learn the mechanics. And then there's then then like you leave this area and there's sprawling hills and you see loop the loops and the checkerboards and all that stuff. You're like, oh, you got me. Or, you know, that could just be one section. We There's still way too much that we're missing that they haven't revealed yet. And that's why I'm cautiously optimistic because on one part of me is exactly like you, like, Oh, this doesn't feel like Sonic. I don't know. But on the other hand, I know they haven't shown me everything. I know there's more to it. And I'm hoping, hoping to not be disappointed by what is they haven't shown yet. Cause they could show, Oh, here's the rest of it. And it's hot garbage. And they could show the rest of it. And it's everything we want. So there's still, there's, well, I don't know when it's coming out. Is it 2023 or is it this year? They said it's this year. This holiday. This, year. this holiday. Okay, well, well, I guess we'll um, find out. Looking at my notes. Yeah, yeah, holiday 22. Yeah, and so I guess that, we'll find out. We've had that date since December of last year. Well, it could be a delay, too. <laughs> It'd be yeah, like, you it know still what? could be delayed, but you know, the information I have is six months old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess we'll, we could revisit this in six months and say, what did you think of Sonic Frontiers? And be like, oh, that game was Sonic 06 levels bad. Or, hey, that was Sonic Generations level or Sonic Mania level. Or you mean the game that comes out in three months? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of feel like with the Sonic movie and with Frontiers coming out and Origins coming out this year, this is kind of like the push to make Sonic like a star again and the spotlight. I just hope this game doesn't mess that up. <laughs> well, they've already messed up a little bit with the origins, right? With the whole, 
that chart, which was hilariously bad, where they make bullet points for stupid stuff like animations on menus that you have to pay for. Um, the fact that there's no physical is another strike. Uh, Sonic 2, the movie, was, in my opinion, fantastic, except for one part. One part at the very end when the climax happened. Tell me that scene. And I don't want to spoil it, but you'll know the scene if you've seen the movie. Wouldn't have been 100 times better if Live and Learn didn't start playing. Tell me it wouldn't have been better. And if you right. haven't seen the movie, then then I won't say anything else. But if you've seen the movie, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I, I am not I am notoriously known as not a Sonic fan, but I did like the movies and I, I don't know much about music or, or so I probably didn't even notice what track you're talking about. Oh, they, so they they didn't use real Sonic music. They used they, they did like a real world music and original. Music. Oh, right. Yeah, I get they, that. But I, they didn't I, use actual Sonic music. <laughs> Except I, for I, the have, I kind of wouldn't have expected them to use Sonic. I wish music. They I think that would have been weird. But again, well, if no, I was a Sonic you, fan, then I probably would have wanted that. But here's the kicker about Sonic music. If I played you Sonic music and you didn't know it was Sonic music, you wouldn't have had no idea because it's it's just right. it's I, like I know Green rock. Hill Zone because well, who no, doesn't? Yeah, but I'm talking and, the actual lyrical themes. It's just rock and roll. If, if yeah. you listened to a rock song on the radio and said, that sounded good, and I told you, oh, that's from Sonic the Hedgehog, you would have been like, what? And that's how Sonic music is. Like, modern Sonic music, like the themes, don't sound like Sonic music. They could be just, they could put to anything. They're just really good. And, like, after this, like, Google, like, live and learn Sonic Adventure 2, and, like, listen, you'd be like, okay, I get what you mean there. Yeah. I mean, it's the climax music. It's so good. Yeah. Uh and just, I want to say here, I thought Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the movie, was great. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, source material, you know, all things considered, it's okay. But they pulled it off. They made a great movie. Made a um, fun movie. I Let's say I great. They'll say, I'll say good. Like, we went and saw it. Like, we watched the uh, original Sonic in the theaters. It was our last movie pre-pandemic. Yep. And then we went and saw this one in the theaters too. Uh, and nobody fell asleep. That's great. So uh, my wife didn't fall asleep. And, I mean, she, she was like, oh, no, hey, I, was I fell asleep during Morbius. So, okay, there we go. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's Mecha, Morbin time. Mecha Dragon said uh, Sonic Heroes music would have been good. That I think that would have been great while the three of them were attacking together. And that should have been there. But then the climax part when hand comes down and raises back up. Is what I'm referring to. And he also says everyone knows Live and Learn is a Sonic song. So Jesse, I don't know. You might have to take it up to him. You know, I mean, I don't know if I knew that, but um <laughs> if you live play and Sonic learn, Adventure I guess, too, right? Uh-huh. You would know Sonic Adventure <laughs> too. Then Gaming Dad in the chat says, please, Nintendo, take your time and give us a great movie. Yes, uh, totally Mario. agree. Refer- referring to Chris Patio. Hey, I'm a Chris Patio. I'm here to catch all of the dinosaurs and beat the Koopas. Yes, Mecha Dragon. That part is what I'm referring to. Yeah, well, I mean, if they haven't seen it by now. I, I still respect that. I don't like to be spoiled. So. Like if you're like at this point, if you haven't seen episode three of Kenobi, what are you doing with your life? Right? I mean, <laughs> that only came out, out yesterday. Out for a day. Yeah. You've had hours. 36 hours. What's wrong with That's you? That's right. That's right. Some of some people, you know, get up and watch it at 2 a.m. just so they don't get spoiled. I yeah, don't do well, that. No, they, they watch it at 2 a.m. so they can put out a video at 6 a.m. saying, spoilers ahead. Well, don't do it at 6 a.m. It's to be first. It's all Internet culture is all about first. How many YouTube videos were the first, first comment? It's just first. first. Right. right? Yeah, I know. I got you. 
I got you. Uh, I wanted to talk about this other thing too uh, here uh, that uh, Barry brought up pre uh, in the pre-show, and that is uh, Evercade uh, announcing a brand new console and two new collections uh, this week. Barry, can you kind of give us some info on that? Uh, yeah. So if you don't know what the Evercade is, it's a handheld console that plays physical cartridges. They're all about physical media. And all the cartridges are compilations from different companies. You got Namco, you've got Atari, you got Intellivision, Interplay, and a bunch of others, including not only classic stuff, but even like indie games, like modern indie games. Is there a Jalico one? Yes, there is. <laughs> oh, no. um, yes, there is. Um, so they just announced that the handheld is actually going to be discontinued and a brand new handheld is coming out this September, um, which is going to be called the Evercade EXP, which looks remarkably like a Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, this thing has some interesting uh, features, um, better screen, built-in Wi-Fi, better viewing angles. Uh, and one really cool thing is it does tape mode where you could actually turn the, the handheld on its side and play in tape mode. Tate so, mode. Or, or tate mode, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I call it tape mode, but some people say tate. Um, where you can play vertical shooters, um, you know, the proper way. And to yeah. capitalize on this, they announced two brand new arcade carts because they have the standard carts which are like nes versions or or console versions and then the arcade versions the uh, toplan which is going to have tiger healy it's going to have zero wing flying shark truxian uh guardian and snow brothers and techie packy um they're all going to be part of this uh which is really cool and then they're going to do the iram is getting a collection which includes 10 yard fight moon patrol r type battle chopper in the hunt and the first ever home official release of lightning swords. Uh, these are all going to be on the individual cartridges and they're cheap. Like they're like 20 pounds a cartridge. So like really affordable cartridges. And it's just an interesting to see an independent company come into this very crowded field with the juggernaut and survive. They're, they're two years old at this point and they're Unlike getting Amico. Not like Amico. These things, and, and every game comes in like a clamshell, a plastic clamshell with a full color manual, you know, and it's, it's great to see. And they've just been striving and they've got, they found their niche and they're just, they're not expensive. They're fun to collect for and they're getting exclusive titles, which is really cool. I may, um, I may have to buy one of these. Yeah. This it's is bad. Really, it's really an interesting system. Mainly just for the, and and I'm maybe this is just me. I don't know. Like the 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 interplay, yeah. Collections. Yeah. I mean, they got Earthworm Jim. They got Clay Fighter. They got and the the second one's got Clay Fighter two and Claymates and Earthworm Jim two. Yeah, and these are all licensed <sighs> interplay. Are- those old interplay games, man. Now there's also home the home console, which is out now, which is the Evercade versus where you can put two cartridges in the slots. And there's actually like 11 hidden games, depending on if you put button pushes or you put like this cart and this cart in, uh, you get a you know hidden game added to the menu because oh. the menus will actually combine the carts. It's not which one do you want to load. So you could put Interplay 1 and 2 and have all your Interplay games right there ready to go. To oh, play. that's in cool. In alphabetical cool. order. Um, it's a really interesting. Uh, interesting what I think is, is really neat about this, too, is that a lot of these uh games uh or carts are not just collections they're actually the original arcade versions Mm -hmm. which for me like growing up 
I, if I played a game, I was like, oh, I played that in the arcade, but this is the Nintendo home console version, right? Uh, so there's some really cool things here. The only thing that I, I feel like is missing, and I would love to see them find a way to do this or reach out to it, is this would be a great system to have uh, Neo Geo games on. They're probably in talks with SNK. It's all about licensing. But it's really sure. cool because it's like the Indie Heroes cartridge, which has a bunch of those indie titles that you talk about, like not doing well on PlayStation. And like there's exclusive versions of some of these games that, that you know, or a homebrew kind of deal where they're, mm-hmm. they're aftermarket games. And now they're officially released on the Evercade with exclusive features. And, you know, they're reaching out to everybody and they're I think they're doing a good job. I'll tell you what, if they if they put a, a cartridge out with number muncher on it <laughs> oh, uh, and word muncher from the an Oregon Trail, I'm in. Like I'm shut up and take my money. There's still two carts to announce this year. So who knows (laughs) the uh, Apple two E (laughs) collection. I would would take it. And look for you young whippersnappers out there (laughs) that don't know what number muncher and word muncher are. Barry, you know what I'm talking about, right? I I play number muncher. All right. All right. You play the old. Now, now here's the thing. The question is this, which version of Oregon trail did your school have? Did you have the version where it was like when you went to hunt, you could see the rifle and only and the animals trailed across the screen and you had to time it right? Or was a crosshair. That's right. Or did you have the version where you had your little settler walking around and he could do like a spin and you had to you had to shoot the animals there and then go pick up the meat? No settler for me. Oh, you you got to have the settler version, right? Now, now you know you go to elementary school and it's like, what are you doing? I play Minecraft. Yeah, you, know, you guys will never know about the days bad. of Oregon Trail and Number Muncher. Don't forget who, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh. Another one too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bad day when somebody got to the the fourth grade classroom before me and got to Oregon Trail. It was mm, <laughs> heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Well. Uh, along with this, I think it's um, interesting that Evercade is, is brought up and they're forging ahead. Uh, and we talked about the Embracer Group uh, not long ago here on the show and about their acquisition of, uh, you know, some a lot of Square Enix's uh, Western properties. Uh, and, uh, you know, we kind of also talked about the fact that um, Embracer Group kind of sounds like a religious cult that's trying to summon a demon that ends the world. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, it, you know, you, who are they? The Embracer Group. <laughs> what? What kind of name is that? But anyway, I, I got to give them kudos for this. Embracer Group uh, this week announced their game archive efforts, um, and which they claim to have acquired uh, a large collection of retro gaming consoles and games and uh, peripherals, all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's out there and uh, are building kind of, um, I, I guess, like a library uh, of some sorts. Uh, and they they mentioned that this is not going to be something that's just like available to the public uh, or anything like that, but it's going to be, or even journalists, um, that it's going to be available for researchers and academics and people to come and study they do say that it will be to some degree available to the general public eventually. But in a time where we're seeing more like 
I want to say this the right way. Um, I think gaming companies see the desire for retro preservation, but the way that they're doing it is, oh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll put it behind a paywall. You pay for our online service. Right. And it's, it's becoming so segmented. It's, it's interesting to me that these guys seem like they're actually doing the work of building some form of a video game library or some form of video game preservation society. I know there's stuff like that out there. We've actually donated to that in the past, but they've hired a CEO, an archivist, uh, an assistant, a technical engineer, and a supply manager for this. So these are, they're actually people that they are paying to work on these, this archive, which I think is kind of important. Um, what do you guys think when you when you hear this? Like, Are does they it have stadium events available to to, to research? <laughs> well, I'm sure only it's you versions. with the Pokemon stuff, right? No, 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 not Pokemon. He said stadium events. This is like the thirteen thousand dollar NES game because it's so damn rare. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You play world class um, track meet and be happy. Exactly. It's 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 going to be interesting to see how much of it is available to the public, right? Yeah, I th- I think what they're doing is very important. I, I think before this buy buy out of Square Enix's Crystal Dynamics and and all that, I think most people, myself included, um, hadn't even heard of Embracer Group. Like, where mm-hmm. where this where they come from? And if you look at the amount of IPs they have, it's ridiculous. The amount of studios they have, like they are huge. They are a giant, um, and they have enough under their umbrella that they can do something substantial. And I'm really happy they're doing this because video game preservation is important. And we're seeing games delisted all the time. We're seeing games gone and, and if there's no physical, they're really gone. So I think making it available for research first kind of makes sense because think about the servers we already have now picture a library of all those games readily available to the public. How fast is that server going to crash? Yeah. Right. Pocket like, card jockey needs to be preserved. Yes. I agree. <laughs> it does. They all do. But pocket card jockey is a fun game. Um, they, so they probably are doing this as a test. Let's do it for researchers. Let's see how the bandwidth happens. Let's see how it's like, let's get things set up. And see how the researchers work. And then they open it to journalists and they open it to the public in different, you know, subscription services or however they do it. But as long as there's backups to the backups and these games are not lost because we've seen so many games completely lost where there's either a no way to play them or B, even if physical copies do exist, the source code is lost. Like the original Okami, the source code is lost. They had to rebuild it for the Wii and the HD version is off built off the Wii version. Panzer Dragoon Saga, the source code is lost. That's why they're, they're not putting that on any digital front. If you want to play Panzer Dragoon Saga, you're shelling out over a thousand dollars because they can't reproduce it. So it's important that this happens even more so now in this, in this semi-digital age. So I applaud them. I'm interested to see what they do. I hope they don't screw it up. I hope they don't say we'll let the public have it for $500 a month or a thousand dollars a month or something stupid. Like I really hope they're smart about it and they they give these games the attention they deserve. Yeah. The phrase that keeps coming to my mind as I think about this is slippery slope, right? Because what do you preserve and what do you, what do you Everything. choose to preserve and what do you, well, okay. 
that's fine, but how much is it going to cost and how much room is it going to take to preserve everything? Well, right? the Pacer Group has enough money to, to, to do it. And maybe that's why they're going slow with the journalists. They want to see how much space it takes and how much money it's going to cost them. Because if it's costing them money to hold on to them and to store all this and have the servers, they're going to have to recoup and they're paying people to do it. So no business is going to drop money into something without being able to get a return on investment. They're just not going to do it. So there's going to be a return on investment. We just don't know what it is or how it's going to happen. There's got to be a uh, revenue stream of yeah. some point, right? I mean, at some point it's going to be monetized. Exactly. And how is, what's the, what's the level of interaction going to be? What's the monetization, monetization going to be? That's what I'm saying. It could be totally stupid or it could be affordable. And we just have to wait and see whenever there's it bad that my mind goes toward totally stupid. I mean, like that's the default setting. That because... is the default setting when it comes to businesses most yeah. of the time. Yes, most it of is. Time. But here, here's a fun fact. Regardless of what it costs, if if they never open this to the public, you probably have more games now that you can ever play in the rest of your life at this very point in time. Sure. And that's not even counting any game that comes out starting tomorrow. So, and these are all going to be older games. So all these games already exist in some way, shape or form or fashion. So yeah, I think it's going to be just because they're not available to you. Doesn't mean they're not preserved. They're, you know, we've seen what happened with Nintendo Giga leak. They preserved a lot of data. Otherwise the Giga leak wouldn't have happened. I think that (laughs) it would make me feel better if I felt like the big three cared more about game preservation than they do like it's one thing to say it yep oh yeah we care about our past you know our ip whatever do they i mean do they really or is it we're going to cash in you know because yes they are a business they've got to do it there's money that has to be made at some point but i and and hear me when i say this like i'm not asking nintendo to make their entire nes and snes back catalog available for free that's not what i'm saying like just oh just come get it Whatever you want, play it wherever you want. That's not what I'm saying. But like, yes, they're archived. But what about the games that they like? What that does is it puts us at the mercy of, well, we get what they choose to release, not what we might want them to release. I'm not saying what I said was a good thing. Well, I understand. I understand. (laughs) Well, I mean... (laughs) It's there's, just, there's old there's old games that are based off of a license that maybe you don't like or I don't like, but somebody likes and they would like to play those again, you know, at some point. That's a tricky situation, too, because then you're dealing with licenses. Like right. even now, a more modern example is Stranger Things 3. The, that game is delisted. Even though Stranger Things 4 just came out, Stranger Things 3 game is delisted. There is a physical of it. And without that physical, we would not be able to play that game currently. Um, and that's a, that's a recent thing. You look at games that were promotional games, like Doritos made per, uh, promotional Xbox Live Arcade games. Uh, Toyota Yaris made a promotional Yaris game. For, and who can forget Sneak King? Sneak on, all the Burger King uh, on ones. the Xbox 360. That's, that's preserved. There's billions of those discs everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> You could you could probably uh, Jesse you could probably melt that plastic down and use it to remodel your kitchen. That, that would be more valuable, uh, and, and there would be way more left than you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll make my kitchen sink out of recycled discs. There Just think about, it. and every time you you wash your hands there or wash up a dish, it'll be uh, sneaking. Yeah, <laughs> or or big bumping. <laughs> 
<laughs> better than what it was used for, right? <laughs> well, uh, we will uh, keep an eye on this and try to keep you updated in the days ahead. Maybe there'll be uh, a, a place you can go and view this or or see it. I can't imagine it being like they're they're in Sweden, so like it's going to be hard for people to like you know it's going to cost a lot if you travel to like if that's where it is or where would it be? I mean, they put one in every I don't know. Anyway, it's a whole big mess. They have to put it in multiple places. Like, look at there was there was a museum in in Ukraine, like a computer museum, and with this whole war that happened, the museum was destroyed. Like priceless artifacts, priceless gaming history mm. stuff was gone. Documents were gone. So we absolutely need it in more than one place. You, yeah. you don't put all your your eggs in one basket. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, speaking of that, let's uh, talk about a couple of events, shall we? So for our patrons, we want to remind you that it's almost time for the dinner table for June. Uh, This will be June 17th at 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can tune in if you're a patron uh, of the show, either uh, via patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads or over at Twitch by being a Twitch Prime subscriber. You can join the Discord call and hang out. We don't record this show because there's been it's been known for topics and things to get brought up that are personal, uh, but it's really just about us being and hanging out with our community. And so you can join Tim uh, there every third Friday of the month, which just happens to be June 17th uh, this month as well. We also want to remind you, if you're a player of Fortnite, uh, the big uh, collision event is tomorrow. If you're listening to this audio version, it's Saturday. Uh, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, you can uh, see the end of this season, and they have claimed that it is a one-time event. Uh, they're really stressing that with this event. That it's only going to be seen one time, so I would think that there's probably going to be something pretty big coming along with that. Uh, it's uh, There's kind of a space thing looking for the next season. Uh, and Darth Vader has been teased as being in the battle pass. Uh, and yeah, it's, I think it's going to be pretty epic if you're a Fortnite fan. So be sure to check that out. 3 p.m. Uh, I believe that's 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. You can check that out uh, and make sure I'm right on that. But we just wanted to remind you and alert you of that. Jesse, it doesn't look like we have a poke minute. No, but I do want to add as part of events that Pokemon Go Fest 2022 is this weekend, Saturday and okay. Sunday from 10 to 6 each day. I plan on doing a live stream as much as I can. I've already got my thumbnails created. And uh, so I can, I'll, I'll, I plan on going live early Saturday morning and we'll see how long, how long, how long I can, I, I'm online for. Okay. So go uh, check that out uh, Saturday as Pokemon Go Fest happens and Jesse will be live. Speaking of games, let's talk about what we've been playing, shall we? Barry, it is a longstanding Nintendo Dad's tradition that guests go first. And so we would love for you uh, to give us a talk about what you've been playing. Uh, sure. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, I just did Kirby 64. Um, finally finished that for the first time, and I am working slowly through Kirby's Dreamland 3. Uh, I have also 
uh, another game that you you actually mentioned earlier that I it was one of those that I never thought I would go play, and I'm like, you know what, nothing big is right now. Let me try it. Elden Ring, a uh, game I did not think I was going to enjoy, and I wound up falling in love with it and beating it. And I never thought I would ever do that, but uh, it was a great game. Uh, just uh, truly. How long did it take you to get through Elden Ring? I spent over a hundred hours uh, just having fun, just exploring. And you know what? There's stuff I missed. There's stuff that, like now, the disc's out. I put the disc away, and I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, I never did go back to that section." <laughs> like, you know, I was finding things like right before I beat the final boss, like that I missed right in the starting area of the, of the game. Like, there's just a lot to it, and it's way better than I ever anticipated. And I'm not a Souls fan. I'm not a Bloodborne fan. I'm not a you know any of that uh, Sekiro. But I did really enjoy Elden Ring. So that was that was my big game. Um, also. Final Fantasy 14, uh, 6.15 comes out next Tuesday. Uh, so looking forward to that, looking forward to new Beast Trap quests. And I'm a big 14 player, and it's just one of those things that I, I love Final Fantasy. So I, I just love keeping up with the story. And you know, have a great group of friends over there that I get to hang out with. Cool. Cool. Jesse, what about you? What have you been playing? So I've been continuing my Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster playthrough. Um, I think I'm almost done with three. I, I got the second airship, but that thing's a beast. Uh, so I think I have a few side quests to do. Like I just got Odin as a summon, but I don't have any. I haven't powered up any summoners yet. I don't even know if I have access to the job. I might, but I just haven't used it. So that's again. I, I've never liked job systems. You know, except for Dragon Quest Nine, for some reason I liked that. But uh, so I was worried about this one. But it, I'm like, okay, it's okay. The jobs. It is when you switch to a job, you normally don't have to grind in that job to be able to do anything. You, you, yeah, you may not hit as hard, but it's it's not the damage you do, but the abilities that matter, like. This, this person attacks everybody every turn, so you need dragoons to jump so every other turn they miss. You know, things like that. Or this this boss changes its weakness every other turn, so you need a scholar or whatever class it is that's able to detect what the weaknesses are. But this is before you learn Libra when you can do it as a white mage. So, you know, you can do that later on. But so, you know, so that's how they use the job systems for. So it isn't as bad as I originally thought. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I should be, I, I think I should be able to finish that game up this weekend. Well, maybe not. But, I mean, really, this is just pushing through it to get to four, right? <laughs> yeah. Four, I'm going to, uh, I've played through four, like three or four times already in my life. So this four is one of my favorite games. Anyway, so they, that again, I haven't played anything Nintendo this week, so everything else of it here is Xbox. Uh, see, Iodin Chronicle Rising, uh, one of our previous guests mentioned it, and I'm like, that sounds interesting, let me give it a try. It's on Game Pass, so why not? It's free, uh, it's free with my subscription. Uh, so it's, I won't talk a lot about it, but it's you know, you're, you're basically an explorer who goes to the city this small town who has a new cavern mine opened up that to trying to get artifacts, but just the life of the city always gets in your way and you're always doing these side quests. 
and I, I don't even remember why, but I have the stamp card. Every time I do a side quest for someone, they give me a stamp. That's, and I think more stamps unlocks more things and improves the city. Uh, I think I'm like halfway through my gold card, which is the second card. Maybe not halfway quite yet, but I, I, I have over 50 stamps. Um, just shy of 10 hours in. I just recently, if I, one of your first compa companions that you play with uh, in your party is this kangaroo that always has one eye covered. And he, he's, he's really upset every time that you do something that's sidetracking what he wants to do, but you're the one in charge, so he can't do, stop you. That's kind of funny banter there. One thing I am impressed with, you know, the, the graphics are all pixel art, but they're really high quality pixel art. And normally if, you know, if you have a character looking left and then you flip them around to look right, they normally just flip the image. So yeah, the, the kangaroo has one eye covered, but oh, flip it around and you think the other eye is going to be magically covered instead? Uh, no, they actually drew two separate heads. So the right eye, the correct eye is always covered no matter which way he looks. So small thing, but I was impressed by that. So I, based on the, the number of stamps I collected, I think one of the rewards happens when I reach over 200. So I'm probably only a quarter of the way into the game. So, and I just recently got my third third party member or second companion to join my party. Uh, so I'll, that, that's a game I'll probably come back to from time to time and keep, and keep playing with it. I'm like, I'm having fun with that. Floppy Knights is a game that kind of has a similar art style to Dicey Dungeons. It doesn't play like Dicey Dungeons. It plays like a Fire Emblem game, like grid-based strategy game. So I, I got about two hours in and I'm like, ah, this, I'm not having fun with this one. But if people like Fire Emblem and they have Xbox Game Pass, give that one a look. Uh, Pac-Man Museum Plus I gave a try. That's a, that also was released on Switch. I, you know, I kind of got bored of it really quick because, again, I mentioned I have that arcade that I have all these games already on it. If I, I if I wanted to play them, I could play them there. But uh, the controls just seem squishy to me. I don't know if it's the game or if it's the Xbox controller. The way the D-pad is kind of an eight-way D-pad, which is weird if you think about it. <laughs> and so things just didn't feel right but i heard other people complaining that they had the same similar issues with the switch so it it might just be the game it's emulated badly you know i as an example i bought arcade archives burger time and i couldn't get past the second level i'm like something isn't right i think the controls are just aren't responding right so i went to the arcade and i got to the fifth level so i'm like yeah i know how to play this game it's just not working on the switch <laughs> Mecha yeah, says I'm probably I'm don't have Pac-Man Battle Royale. I, I don't, but again, it's not a fun game if you're only playing it by yourself. It's interesting to me that I, I've seen lots of um, lots of complaints about this game. Yeah, you know, it, like it's just kind of like people were kind of like it's not really a lot of the games are uh, unlocked or locked behind doing other things in other games. I, I don't yeah. really want to play this game. I want to play this one, but it's locked. Yeah, there's that. Um, the controls issue I've heard from other people. I've also heard of people 
uh, that were having issues with progression in the game, not saving. Uh, like they went and did all this oh. and then one, and then uh, that was somebody who was playing on a switch. And then somebody said that they played it on Xbox and it gave them achievements that they went to see. And then the Xbox came up and said, this game doesn't have achievements. So it couldn't say, couldn't, they couldn't look at the achievements that the game had just said they got. That's funny. So it sounds to me like it was a hastily prepared cash in. Yeah. But it got us Pac-Mom. Right? I mean, you can go to, the, the crazy thing about it is you can go to the actual website for this game, which I'm on right now. It doesn't even tell you all the games that are on it. It's just like play some of your Pac-Man favorites. Wow. Including blank and blank, and that's it. Because I remember when that was first announced, all the games were spelled out at that point. Yeah, well, that's they a selling are not, point. They're not on the official website. Weird. Like I'm having to Google it right now because I'm interested in this, um, but maybe not if it's crap. See, well, see, I'm looking at my back of my notes. We first knew about this game in November of 2021. Mm-hmm. So if you go back to the notes of that show, all those games are there. I remember typing all those games up. So here, here are the games. I found it. Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac-and-Pal. Pac-Land, Pac-Mania, Pac-Man Arrangement CS version, Pac-Man Championship Edition, Pac-Attack, Pac-In-Time, Pac-Man Arrangement Arcade version, Pac-Motos, Pac-and-Roll Remix, Pac-Man Battle Royale, and Pac-Man 256. Yeah, I didn't even see 256 anywhere, so I must not only... Like I, you have to like buy arcade machines and drop them. Sometimes you probably uh, have to even get that far in. So you may have to buy an iPhone in the game. It's going to be a long. <laughs> it's going to you're going to have to work a long time. Right. Yeah. Get that. Yeah. Get get, get that T-Mobile subscription. And keep that's right. That. <laughs> okay, so that's all the games that I've been playing. But before I give you the mic, this weekend I. I have a little show and tell I want to do. This weekend, I decided to check out the, this local antique mall shop. So if you're not familiar with how those work, they're basically a big building, like a big warehouse that has small booths that they rent out to sellers where they stock it with whatever they want to stock it with. And then people buy them. And then the money goes to the sellers minus whatever the rent is for that booth at that time one of the booths has a lot of legacy technology in there so the first time when my when my wife brought me there and i saw this booth i looked around saw liked a lot of things but i didn't buy anything they said one of these days i'm going to come back so i went back and i picked up a few items starting with i don't know how this will work on look on you with this with my background but it's a giant it's what three, not three and a half foot Nintendo sign made of wood, you know, painted That's red really and white. Cool. So I'll hang that up next to that my what my, the gift my wife gave me last week. I, I don't think we talked about it on the show, but I talked about it in the post show. But basically, I got a bar sign that has that says Nintendo Dads on it. I haven't hung that up yet any, either, so this will go with it. Then I also picked up three Intellivision games that I knew I didn't have. One is in you know complete inbox 
Bomb Squad. I think we paid 10 bucks for this. I checked on price charting and it's about 10 or 12 bucks. So yeah, I got not a, you know, I didn't get a great deal on it, but I didn't lose lose money on it either. But it's still, you know, a game I didn't have. The other two games I got were loose carts. It's Word Fun and Math Fun, both Electric Company branded. And these are apparently rarer than their reprints without Electric Company. I think Word Fun itself might be in the 30s, yeah, loose, and I paid $5 each. So you're, yep. you're very close to Word Muncher and Number Muncher. There. Yes. <laughs> very close. You're getting excited again. See? <laughs> Muncher adjacent. So another thing I saw there, they had a Famicom disk system that said new belt tested and working comes with five games, but he couldn't see what the five games were. He wanted the $160. So I'm like, wait, so you had to buy it without knowing what the games were. Yes. But uh, is this like some kind of weird rule? Like I'd be like, dude, just tell me what the five games are. I'll give you Well, Well, the seller isn't there monitoring the booth. It's, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, I'll I'll have to think about that one. So I came home, did some research. Went on, you know, most Famicom disk systems sell for about eighty to one hundred. Hmm. You know, when when if they're known working, if they're untested as is, they might be a little bit less. I saw one for twenty bucks that says known not working, used parts only, or used for parts only. So I'm okay, all right, so. This would be a good value depending on what the games are and what they're worth. So I started looking into value of games. Most games are in like the t- fifteen to thirty dollar range. There are some that are less and some that are more, but most of them fit into the the higher range than I would have thought. So I'm like, okay, if if five games, if I can, if they were be worth say sixty to eighty dollars, this is a good deal. So um, I, re- I made a decision that night. I'm going to go there tomorrow and buy this. So to prepare for that, because I, I, I don't have a Famicom, you can't play a Famicom disc system without a Famicom. So I ordered a Famicom. I found one for 40 bucks that says testing, uh, tested and works, $40. It, you know, it ships from Japan. I, I ordered that ordered that Sunday night and it came in today. I got. I have it behind me. Wow! Oh, so, wow! So then Monday morning, I went there and bought the, the this system. So I have the Famicom and the Famicom disc system. It didn't come with a power supply though, so I had to order a power supply and a, a long RF cable because older that older system is RF only, like an Atari or in a television. Yeah, they don't. Doesn't, yeah. They don't have RCA unless you mod it. So you know they don't make an RF to HDMI. No, <laughs> no, they do not. Not what I want to know. Is well, what are the games? If you go through like three steps, yes, you can. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to know. I want to know what like, the games are. Okay, so the okay, I have a list of the games. Again, here and here's one of the games here. Ooh, oh well, blacked out there. Hey, nice. I I don't have all five of them here, but so this is this game. This game is. Edgar Land Departure to Creation, which is basically a, a game in the Adventure of Lolo series. Oh, okay. So, but uh, price charting has no price for this game. Apparently, this is very rare. Wow. 
Nice. Because like, you know, like when when this system game started, they were sold in box with a manual, just like any other game. But later on in the system's life, they had these kiosks that if you wanted, if you had a disc with a game you didn't want anymore, you could sacrifice the game and basically buy a new game to be put on that disc at a cheaper price. So this game was only available through a kiosk. That's mm. really cool. I have not seen any known prices of how much this has sold for. I have seen message boards posts going back to 2013 saying, I want this game. Someone sell it to me. So, <laughs> so I don't know how much that is worth. It, you but, got a nice score there. Yeah. So even with everything else, I think I got a good deal with this uh, overall. The price charting has Cuckoo Land, which I think is also similar. It was a, released as a disc system game very late. It's like in the $400 range for a Cuckoo Land disc system game. Mm. So the other games I got, and I'll show the, say the prices according to price charting for a loose disc. Uh, tennis, which is just like NES Black Box Tennis for $15. The Pachinko Grand Prix, which is less, uh, less about a little more than $4. So that's the cheap, cheapest game of the set. Uh, Kinikuman, I have no idea what that is. I'll have to research what it is, what that is and how it's played. That was just under $13. And the last one surprised me because I didn't even know this existed on, on the Famicom, is Puyo Puyo. Hmm. Kanikuman is... Kanikuman is a superhero who must win a wrestling tournament to return the title of Prince to Planet Kaniku. Uh, this was this the, the basis... Game. This was the basis for the muscle figures that came ah. out in the 80s. <laughs> oh, yes. okay, that's awesome then. Uh, that's... That's cool. Yep. If you go and look that up, it's uh, that's what it's the basis for. It's actually uh, it's a Japanese manga series, uh, so that's a game based on the manga. Uh, hopefully, it's better game than the muscle game we got because that was trash. <laughs> anyway, and Puyo Puyo is worth twenty seven dollars. So for the four games that have prices, the totals about six fifty to sixty dollars. And that doesn't include Eggerland. <laughs> so I, I think I got a pretty good deal on everything. Yeah, I, absolutely. I plan on doing, once I get everything working, I plan on doing a live stream and trying trying these games on stream. It won't be this weekend because of Pokemon. It probably will be next weekend. I uh, I'm excited to see that. Yeah. I also bought a power down downverter because... In the U.S., we use 120 volts. In Japan, they use 100 volts. So, obviously, I don't want to zap it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then it didn't come with a power supply, so I had to order a power supply, that you know, a 100-volt 100, 100 power supply. And uh, it didn't come with an RF cable. But, yeah, they're cheap. I bought a 25-foot for, like, 6 bucks on Amazon. Gotcha. So, with gotcha. those... I should be able to hook it up into my system here and be able to live stream it. Mm. And uh, that'll be an interesting stream. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thanks, Jesse. That's, that was super cool. Uh, lots of very cool finds for you. 
Um, I've been playing a couple of games. Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. I'm still grinding away on that every week, playing bowling uh, to get all the items. Uh, got a hundred a level 140 in Fortnite uh, to get ready for the uh, for the event this weekend. But the three games I want to talk about. Um, number one was a game in my backlog, uh, a short hike. And I just took some time this weekend and finished that. That that took like uh, literally like an hour and a half, uh, maybe two hours. I didn't find everything, but uh, I found that uh, to be really cool, really relaxing. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, I liked it because it was very open ended. Uh, you can kind of make your own way to the end. And there is a little little bit of story. Uh, it's not much, but it's it's really cool. Um, somebody asked in the chat level 140, why, you know, why 140 in Fortnite? Yeah. Um, so now they've started locking things that they used to give you, uh, during the first hundred behind what's bonus pages in the battle pass. And you have to get to level 140 usually to get all of those extra like skin colors and stuff. This time they did it with Dr. Strange. He was at level 100 and they locked his wrap and his contrail. Behind that, so I could have stopped at like one, like one hundred five. I just was like, "Nah, I'll just go ahead and do it all." Uh, so the, um, I, I, I really feel like they've moved the goalpost on that, and it's like you know we want to keep you playing and trying to level up to one hundred forty, which increases the possibility of you spending money and buying V bucks because here's Obi Wan Kenobi or here's this. Um, so yeah, uh, I was. I was just done at 140. I was like, I'm I'm out. I need a couple of weeks. I always do do this at the end of the season. Like I'm out. I need a couple of weeks to not Fortnite, uh, and then yeah. Anyway, Is there a max level you can get to, uh, 300, I think. Okay, because Ms. Wow. Ms. in the chat says he's at 249. So Ms. like Ms. after Ms. says he's 178. Yeah, after 140, you start getting uh, color variations of the like like five different skins from the battle pass. Uh, and in the past, it's been like silver, gold, and platinum or like rainbow hued metallic. Uh, this There's a variant of each one. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I've also been playing. Um, a, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about the second one last, but I'm going to talk about a game that I'm going to have a video up on our channel of this week called Soldiers which is uh, I thought was going to be like a 2D kind of like hack and slash RPG. Um, and it really ended up being like a 2D Dark Souls. Okay. So it's uh, like you get in there and you pick your class and you begin to go through. Um, and like at first I was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of, you know, it's good. And, and I made it like into it and it was like, oh, it's really hard. Uh, lots of dodge rolling and, you know, timing and things like that. You can't just go in and button mash your way through it. However, so um, that's door all over again. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to say too much about it because there was a day one patch. The game is available now. It came out this week on the eShop and that patch would have already been applied if you bought the game. Uh, and there were some issues with it prior to the patch. Um, and I'm going to download that and, and do the, the let's play with patch applied tomorrow. So don't count it out. All right. Just know that it's like 2d souls. All right. So 
Uh, the and other game I've been playing is spelt with an S O U S. Yes, and that should have been my clue. I was drawn <laughs> in by the art style, so I was lured in. Uh, the other game that I've been playing is um, maybe a little divisive, and that is uh, Diablo Immortal. Uh, I downloaded this yesterday on my iPhone. Uh, I have this handy dandy uh, backbone controller, and it is so good with this. It's such a smooth experience on the iPhone with the backbone controller. Um, It's free to play, so you can get into Diablo like an actual really kind of authentic Diablo game, Um, but it does, the waters are muddied with free to play stuff. All right. Um, it it was capable. Let's put it that way. Like I'm not a huge Diablo fan, but I thought for free to play, sure. I mean, like let's try it. You know, but it's definitely I can already see how it's monetized, and it it's definitely really monetized. <laughs> so uh, like it's it's shamelessly uh, monetized. So <laughs> I don't know that I'll go back to it. Um, I will probably, you know, like I played like what was like the first mission and it gives you a bar and it gives you like a percentage. So I was like playing until that bar got to a hundred percent. And then it was like, uh, you went through a cutscene, and it was like the game opened up and it added all this crap to the UI and all this stuff that you could go and do. And I was like, ah. I hate that. It was it's like, it dumped tough. it all on you once. It, it, um, it felt very, um, uh, what is the Genshin impact? Like, it can't, like, I don't understand why mobile games can't just teach you how to play the game and let you do that for a little bit. It's like, yeah, well, we went through this tutorial. Here's all 200 systems of the game. Blam. At least if and they it, give, gonna- you a, give you information, like, when they're like, oh, here's your login bonus. You got five of these and 10 of these. And, and you're like, I have no idea what these even are. Yes. Like, here's five or, of yeah, these. Here's where they're used for. Yeah. Or well, my favorite. I know you want to play the game, but first, push this button first to see how you can. That's exactly what I was going to say. That, push this button it. to do this. Push this let's button level up your shot. guy. Yeah. Now that oh. you've leveled up, let's go look at your equipment. And you I can't hate, yeah. do it. And I'm like, I don't want to look at my equipment. I don't you, need to look at my equipment. You need to use pay currency in order to do this. But we're going to give you some right now. So why don't you go ahead and try? Yeah. Let's go ahead and <laughs> speed up the building. Top, top, top. You know, like... It's just so slimy and grimy, and I was—I I probably won't keep playing this, but I wanted to—I wanted to—I wanted the thrill of the first weekend of Diablo Immortal, right? You know, I feel the same way. I did—I'm um, a big Mana fan, and they had the the Mana uh, mobile game. Oh yeah, that came out uh, Echoes of Mana. I was like, oh man, I'm gonna sign up. I got preloaded, downloaded first day. I'm like, let me play, and I'm, same thing. I was so turned off, and I was like. No square, you get none of my money nor my time. <laughs> oh, this is a, oh yeah, this is, would be a square game. We, you know, you know, you know, Square is still giving me a bad taste in my mouth ever since Chocobo GP. Yeah, you know, well, see, I like Chocobo GP, but I didn't do any of the Battle Pass bullcrap. I played through the story and I unlocked all the characters, and I had a blast. I played that game single player and had a blast, and that was so done. Our- our history with, with it is Tim got a review code, so he has the retail copy. We all downloaded the free because supposedly you can play with your friends, which you can't really play with your friends. You can just play random against random bozos. Uh, <laughs> I, I played the single player. 
and I enjoyed it, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that's what I've been playing. Let's move on to the community spotlights. And as you've heard throughout the show, our guest this week is Barry Carenza from Nintendo Fuse. And uh, Barry, we want to thank you for taking time to be on the show with us tonight. We've really enjoyed having you as a guest. What we would love to do is give you a spot right here while the community spotlight shines bright to tell people where can they find you? Where can they interact with you? What is Nintendo Fuse? Just let her rip tater chip. Give us all the information that you can give us about Uh, you. First off, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and an honor and what a fun evening. Uh, Loved it. Um, So you could find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. Uh, where I'm always talking about video games and, and sharing stuff from other uh, creators and content creators and just having a ball. So please follow and let's talk video games. Send me a DM. Uh, but Nintendo Fuse, we are a fan website, um, much like you guys, that put up uh, video game reviews. We do industry talks where we talk with different developers and different people in the industry. We do our own podcast, which is bi-weekly every other Monday. We also do that live on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, same like this. Uh, so the next one is next Monday, which is the sixth. Um, but that one's ironically is pre-recorded because one of our guys was out. So that one's actually not live, but <laughs> the 20th and onward will be live. Uh, but when, when one of us can't make it, we do do a pre-recorded just to at least get content out there, but it will still be streamed live. Uh, and we just have a bunch of fun. So you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Nintendo fuse on all the podcast services, you know, and look up for Nintendo fuse as well as Nintendo fuse.com. In addition to, uh, Nintendo fuse, I'm also, uh, with premium edition games. And with Premium Edition Games, what we do is we do physical versions of digital-only titles. Something we've talked a lot about tonight is preservation, is about making sure that games are not lost. And that's exactly what we do. We take digital-only titles and we release them physically right now for the Switch. We make sure that those versions are complete on cart, all DLC, all content patches. We want to make sure that that is the final game you're getting. All of our releases uh, come with full color instruction manuals, come with challenge cards where you can complete developer challenges and and send us your completion via social media. You can win patches like what I'm wearing right now. Each game gets a patch, which is something we like to do, which is a fun part of the community. We give you slip covers. We give you bunch of stuff we want to make all our editions like little collector's editions we got retro editions and super nintendo sized boxes with soundtracks and steel books and a bunch of other bonus goodies uh, we really want to do it for the collector and for the developers and and just have a good time with it so right now we have our fourth series of titles which is wonderling dx and rain in your parade two phenomenal family-friendly and exciting titles uh, available for the switch and they close on june 10th so there's still time to pre-order those um, we also have our Series 3 titles up as a second chance sale, the standard versions, which is Cathedral, Phenotopia Awakening, and Mighty Fight Federation, as well as one of our Series 1 titles, uh, Pigeon Dev Games Collection. Those are all up on our webpage. We've got dog tags that we started doing. So any pre-order, we get dog tags, but we're also selling a starter dog tag set. All of our dog tags are actual. They're printed on. They are not like stickers. Nice. They're They're real you know, heavy duty, awesome dog tag. So we'd like to do that as a little bonus as well. So we really are a community for gamers and trying to preserve these titles for these wonderful, amazing, you know, 
developers because they're really the rock stars. So you can go to premiumeditiongames.com and you can pre-order those right now and order the Series 3 titles. You could also find us on other partner platforms like Video Games Plus, Bizarre Bizarre, and a bunch of other retail partners that we have. And you can check us out on social media, on Twitter at Premium Edition 1 and on other social media platforms at Premium Edition Games. Uh, sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss out because we have some really exciting things coming this summer, like our Premium Edition Classic Series Volume 1, which contains over 10 NES aftermarket homebrew titles ported to the Switch on one physical mm. cart. So that's going to be available and Series 5 later this year, which includes Raji, an ancient epic, the enhanced edition, as oh, well cool. as other titles that we can't talk about just yet. But we're, we have a lot of exciting things this year. And, uh, you know, it's awesome being a part of the industry and, and getting to really work with Nintendo and getting these developers their dream of having a physical Nintendo game. Yeah. One, uh, I'm looking around the website right now. This is really cool, man. Um, one of the things I, I, I love about this, too, is not only do you have the games, but you've got some uh, books here. The Switch yes. Collector, so uh, the Switch. Volume 1 and 2. Yeah, so the Switch Collector, Volume 1 and 2, what those are is we set out to create very big hardcover, silver-gilded uh, books to chronolize the entire Switch library. So Volume 1 is the entire first year. It's every physical release uh, in English for the first year, as well as some Japanese exclusives, as well as some digital-only titles made it in. Volume 2 is actually the first half of the second year wow. because the second year is so big. It's a bigger book <laughs> yeah. than volume one and it's only the first six months. Uh, each game gets their own, you know, the picture gets a little write up. Um, the whole nine yards, you get a checklist for all the games. Uh, really great way to collect and make sure you're not missing anything. And more volumes will follow. Um, future volumes will probably not have write-ups for games because it's it's going to take so long to get through with all the Switch releases. So they might just turn into like pictures and then I was going to say, you guys have a huge <laughs> task ahead of you. Yeah. So and uh, we're, we're also doing that. premium edition games. So we're, because we have so much on our plate already, plus full-time jobs. Um, so, so volume yeah. three onwards is probably going to be a little more streamlined, at least at the moment. But uh, people are really looking forward to that. But we do have those available right now as well. Uh, they've been asking for them. So we wanted to put them back on the Web page. Uh, I will tell you that Rain on Your Parade has the Marty Esta stamp of approval. That's a fun game. I've uh, not played that, Wonderling DX, but Rain on Your Parade is good fun. Rain on Your Parade, our physical, contains the DLC because there was additional DLC with yes. new modes and new new levels and commentary and a bunch of other stuff, new powers. That's all on the cart. So you're getting the complete game. Wonderling DX is a puzzle platformer where you play the role like a Goomba the Wonderling, and it's your job to stop the equivalent of Mario, who is Carrot Man, and you have to get different powers. You get the ability to jump. You're you're auto walking, so it's a puzzle about how how do you make it, you know, to the end. This hidden items. It's a great story, well written, and it's actually written by the completionists, one of the completionists' best friend. So in true fashion if you collect everything in this game including all the dx content your reward is the completionist beard that you can put on your wonderling and walk around proud with that completionist nice. beard uh official it's not even like a mock it is the official completionist beard uh so it's a lot of fun it's a lot of levels uh really in-depth beautiful you know 16-bit art style uh the the real definition of a hidden gem just like rain in your parade a lot of people have never played it never heard of it and it's a shame because these games are just a ton of fun yeah so you guys go over and check out barry and hawk hellfire y'all go check out nintendo fuse go check out premium edition games lots of cool stuff uh over there uh and uh 
here's what we're going to do. Um, here's what we're going to do. If you guys email us, uh, email us, uh, what is, uh, this is, again, our email is nintendodads at gmail.com, okay? If you email us over the next week uh, a uh, your favorite indie game, your favorite indie game that you would like to see get a premium edition game, all right? Uh, tell us what it is. You'll be entered to win a copy of Rain on Your Parade uh, from us. So uh, if you guys want to email us, nintendodads at gmail.com, tell us what your favorite indie game is. You would love to see get a premium edition uh, title. Uh, you can get entered to win Rain on Your Parade. Uh, and wow. that's for our live uh, things. And uh, Barry, we'll, we'll go ahead and order that from you here in just oh, a little bit. And absolutely, uh, we'll take care of that. So be sure yeah. to email us, nintendodads at gmail.com. We'll give that away. Uh, in the next week or so. And so will, be sure to go check say, them out. I will say, if you do that, please let me know what the winner is that, that you pick and, and, you know, or some of the top ones and maybe we can make it happen. I can't promise okay. anything, but maybe we can make it happen if the stars align. You know? Awesome. You know, yeah. You that's, know. And, and that, that was one thing I was saying is like, tell us which one that doesn't have an, a physical edition yeah, already. Have, and physical. you guys maybe can chase that down. Hopefully, you know, and there's, make that there's, a reality. there are certain titles that we've never heard of. There's so many games on the eShop, right? Every week. Um, and like some of them, like Phenotopia Awakening, for example, was brought to us by a fan said, try this game out. We looked at it. We said, wow, we talked with the developer. We made things work. And now sure enough, it's got a physical and it's preserved and as it should be. So you never know. We can't promise some, sometimes things are already in contract. Sometimes things just don't work out, but if we can make it work and if, you know, they're willing to talk and we can work, we'll, we'll make it happen. And that's, there you that's go. Try to do. So Jesse, if you'll make a note of that, um, I think Tim has like a place that he archives stuff. And since he's not here tonight with his family being sick, we might need to have yeah. that somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'm not sure where he does that. So I'll put it. Yeah. In, in well, we'll just, you can, you can log it in the notes. That'll be fine. Uh, as we uh, tip the community spotlight here a little bit, we want to let you know what's going on uh, in the Nintendo dad's family of podcasts. Game pass news uh, is at episode 55. Hypecaster Economics 101. They ask, is Xbox Game Pass worth it? Uh, They uh, debate Xbox Series X versus Xbox Series S and talk about their thoughts on the Halo series as well as this week in Game Pass. You can find them on your favorite podcast app or at linktr.ee backslash Game Pass News or on YouTube. Dads After Dark is back with episode 100. And PlayStation Dads drop soon, trademark. Find them on your favorite <laughs> podcast feed at anchor.fm backslash dads-after-dark or just search Dads After Dark. Retrologic uh, brings us episode 24 on topic microsode, microsode 4. This one's all about Solomon's Club. Uh, episode 80 of Retrologic is Mario versus Donkey Kong turning 18. And they talk about their favorite puzzle platform games. And then for Retro Groove, episode 24, they talk about high five, top five non-rock musical instruments in rock bands. You can find more about them at retrologic.games. And now it's time for questions and comments from our community. The first one of these comes from our Discord community from Mecca. He asks us this. This is for all of us. Do you usually pay for gaming or video streaming subscriptions monthly, or if given the offer, pay for them by the year. 
what determines which game you get on which system. Have you ever double-dipped and bought a game on multiple consoles before, and do you care about achievements or trophies at all? That's a lot. A lot. <laughs> so let's, let's start with the first question. Barry, do you usually uh, pay for gaming or video streaming subscriptions monthly or by the year? I usually do by the year because, A, you get the best rates, and I, I really only do video subscriptions with with uh gaming just nintendo switch online with the expansion pass sure. i don't do psn or xbox live because i don't play them online enough and gotcha. if i have to i'll subscribe for a month or whatever but i just i play single player games more than i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you what about you jesse month or year yeah video streaming i normally go monthly gaming i try to go yearly if i can so that's why i'm a little, little upset that game pass ultimate is not available annually <laughs> but when I find if they if some site, a Newegg or something, has them on a discount, I'll I'll buy two or three and stock kind of stock up. Yeah. So Nintendo Switch Online, I do yearly, uh, just because well, I think that's family. Really, yeah, if if you want the expansion pack, you have no choice. You have no choice but to do it yearly. Uh, Xbox games or Xbox Game Pass is a yearly subscription for me. And then we do Netflix uh, as a monthly. Uh, so that's really all we have um, right now. I do have a couple other monthly subscriptions, though, to like Apple One, uh, which is for our storage and our Apple Music. And there's something that Apple Arcade's bundled in there, too. It was actually cheaper for me to get that all together yeah. uh, than it was to do it separately. So I switched over to the one. Uh, and then for a time I did Gamefly and I did it by the month, uh, but it just, I got to where I wasn't using it. So I canceled that. Yeah, I, I think I'm annually on Disney plus. I don't remember. Oh yeah. HBO yeah. Is. Disney plus uh, is, is annual for me too. I get Hulu um, free because I'm, it's grandfathered in with my cell plan and I, I pay Netflix monthly. There you go. Okay. Grandfathered in is nice. That's a, that's a good thing. Um, Second question was, what determines what game you'll get on which system? Um, well, it, when I was a kid growing up, it was, and I, when I had multiple systems, uh, it was usually whatever the bonus content was. If there was exclusive content for one system, I would usually go for that. Uh, now, uh, since I'm going for the Switch set, I have to get every game on Switch. So if it's a game that I know plays better on PlayStation or Xbox, I will play that version but i'll still get it on switch and if it plays equally i usually just play it on switch okay yeah like i'll i'll get most almost always on switch if it's say an indie game that's on game pass then i'll probably play it on game pass and and not get it on switch but you know the way i have my setup i cannot i i'm not going to stream with my xbox or my playstation because you know 4K 4K screen streaming is still pretty processor intensive. I don't don't even know if my computer can handle it, and that uh, the way I set up my systems to stream, I'd be looking at a lagged version. So mm. I don't. So if you if you look at it, uh, you know, if, if you're looking at, at it through a pass-through on a real TV, it's fine. But I normally, like when I'm playing streaming Switch games, I'm looking at the computer's... Basically, I'm looking at OBS's output. 
so for Switch, it's fine. But on the if I if I use my 4K capture card, there'll be a delay, and that'll be annoying. So if I plan on streaming or recording, yeah, yeah streaming it specifically, I mean, I can record footage, and that that's fine. But if it's streaming, I have to play it on Switch. So. Interestingly enough, someone asked me in the Discord earlier about uh, the version of Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker, the Skywalker Saga that just came out for both Switch and PS5. Uh, and I chose to originally get it on PS5 because that's one of the few games that my wife and I play together that she even wants to play. And so I was like, I want the best version of it. And I knew that I was going to get that on PS5. I, we're, I'm not interested about the portability of it because we're going to play it together at home. Uh, but I also did pick up the, the Switch version of it because I, uh, and this is silly, um, when you play it together, it's split screen the entire time, right? Like there's no way out of it. I wanted to play it single screen, but there's a huge difference. Like there's noticeable stuttering on the Switch version that's not present in the PS5 version. The graphics look washed out um, compared to what you get on PS5, obviously. So, uh, like, if I'm looking for performance, then I'm going to play it on PS5. But that being said, 99% of the time I play it on Switch because it's port- It's all about the portability, right? Um, it's, it's a great point that I made on the show several times, and that is I would love to play Persona 5 all the way through. I don't have the time to sit down in front of my TV and do that at, when I'm at home, but I do have time when I'm everywhere else. Right. Yeah. So uh, RPGs, especially like I, I'm going to play them on switch if I get the chance, because that's where they're going to get the most play is handheld either in my bed or sitting in the car, waiting on my daughter to get out of dance practice or, or whatever, because we're on the go all the time. So uh, that's, you know, and I, I've said this since Switch came out. If you want a game to sell, just put it on the Switch. Just put everything on the Switch and be done with it. Uh, it's not like a black and white decision, Alma. It's, it, it's not a black and white decision about graphics, really. It's about the portability of it. You know, back in the day, I wanted the Mortal Kombat 2 version that were Mortal Kombat on the Sega Genesis because it had a blood code you could put in, right? You could play the. And it was inferior graphically and, and sonically. It was inferior to the Super Nintendo version, which was closest to the arcade version. But the Super Nintendo version made the blood sweat, and that was stupid. But then by the time Mortal Kombat 2 rolled around, it, the Super Nintendo version was definitely the superior version, and it had the blood back in. It was the game it was supposed to be. So I bought it on Super Nintendo. So that was, that was like my thought process back then. Now it's like, where can I, where can I play it? Do I have to sit in front of my TV? then chances are I might finish it in like four years, <laughs> you know? Uh, but if I, if I can play it switch, I might finish it this year. Who knows? Uh, so that's, that's the thing. Have you ever double dipped and bought a game on multiple consoles before? Yep. I don't think I've done and, it recently. Like, I, I, like, I don't think I'll, I bought a game on switch and PlayStation five or switch and Xbox, but definitely older generations. Yeah. So um, everybody on this call right now, if you say you hadn't done it, you were liars because you've bought Super Mario Brothers on multiple systems. Right. I know it. <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, it's been there. You probably bought it on the Wii for Virtual Console. You had it for NES or, or on the Super Mario All-Stars on Super Nintendo. You had it. So there you go. 
I, I mean, yeah, we so Nintendo fans love to double dip, right? I know. So I know I've done it at some point. I can't can't think of anything, but I can't tell you the last time I did it, and it's been at least a year. It's- Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker <laughs> yeah. two months ago. <laughs> I do it all the time on small print stuff because I know it's small print stuff. So if you don't get it at retail, you're going to be paying for it a lot more. Afterwards. Sure. Yeah. So sometimes when it's a small print for PS4 and switch, I'll grab them both. So yeah, double dip. I'm trying to think of the last time that I did it like before star Wars. And I can't honestly, it wasn't a multiple console, but I bought, I had to buy super Mario 3d land twice. So, okay, okay, that there, that's that, that. I think this is one of the last times I did double dip. I I had to buy Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time 3D twice because originally it was wasn't available digitally; it was only available physically. So I bought the card on launch, played it through, had fun with it. I wanted to replay it. I couldn't find my cart, mm-hmm. so I bought it digitally paid full price another full price forty dollars two weeks later discount down to 20 some selects yeah yeah no, that's all you had to do uh and and now i call i'm calling your bluff sir i'm calling your bluff with pokemon yes. sword and shield you you double dipped technically because you got them both didn't you yeah but they counted separate games oh, still i and- i didn't between me and my son are they, maybe are they but separate bought- games but he bought releases, his own, yes. But he bought his own well, copy. I didn't pay for more than one copy of that. I okay. Well, we'll di- we'll agree to disagree because I count them as one game. It, it, which, which it's time for that it? double version crap to be over with. Might have been done. Sun and Moon. I think Sun and Moon. I literally bought four copies, two of each, because you know, wow. I one, one to me and one to each of the kids. There you go. Makes there sense. You go. <laughs> it, may, it does make sense. It does. Make I think sense. that was that was uh, the last time I did that. After that. Yeah. They could buy their own copy if they wanted it. Okay. Last question. Do you care about achievements or trophies at all? Normally, at no. All. I, I, I do. I, when I'm with these Final Fantasy games, I am tr- I'm trying to get as many as I can get. Like, uh, like things like get every treasure chest in the game. Yeah. Those. Yeah. Th- that's re- relatively easy to track. You know, Fill the bestiary. I, I I am zero for two so far, and oh zero for three because I know I missed I missed a, a missable mob in three. So I'm not going to. I didn't get those in any of the three games. I think there's an item that I, I missed in three that is impossible to get now without starting over. So I, I I look at them, but I don't go back normally to get what I missed. I think the only time I did that was when I played the King's Quest on PlayStation. I did get, I don't think I 100%ed it, but I was like 90, 95% across all the DLCs. I did most of it. See, what I do is I'll play through a game and whatever I get, I get. And then when I'm done with the game and I say, that's it, I'm I'm done with the game, then I'll look at the trophy list and see what I missed. And if it's something stupid, like I'm ass X amount of gold and I'm like, oh, well, what if I just go to a, a shop and quickly just sell all my stuff? That gets me the gold. I'm done with the game anyways. I'm just not going to save. And then trophy. you don't save, right. And then yeah. save. And like, oh, we'll craft three arrows. And I'm like, oh, you know, I, I went to this whole game, never crafted arrows. Sure. And I'll do like things like that. Stuff I can do within seconds, I'll do before turning off the game. Yeah. But that's like, about it. 
I think Inscription was another one. I went back and kind of backfilled a few of them, like do 100 damage in one attack or something like that. And it, it takes a setup, but it's doable. Yeah, I, I don't. Otherwise, I don't really care, because again, there are some trophies that you you have to replay a game to be able to get. And it's like, nah, I don't, I don't want to have the time to replay an entire game like, if I missed it. Apparently, I think like my son, platinumed Persona Four or Persona Five Royal. Or... Whew, that's a tough one to platinum. But but the the Royal is actually easier to platinum than the vanilla. Royals is such a better game too, in my opinion. For me, like as I think about this, a lot of times I, these things popping up in the middle of the game are kind of just a distraction. <laughs> like there may be a time a few years ago, like with in the Xbox 360 era, that I cared about my gamer score. Yeah. But really, I mean, yeah. I remember when people were so going so gaga about achievements at the very beginning, like they bought the King the Kong. King Kong game yeah. because it had like. 2000 points for achievements so it was the like last, you could get the, it the last airbender oh yeah yeah you could you could just play it for like 30 minutes or so and get all the achievements and that's what to me means to me they don't make it have any value like i get like it would be a big deal like if i got to the end of the game and it was like oh you got a platinum and i hadn't tried to but i did and i'll be like oh okay that's cool but people make this this case for nintendo doing them and I'm like, they don't need to. It's, they leave it, it up to each individual. If the game yeah. wants to do it in, with it internally, let it. That's fine. That's great. But yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it needs it at the at the system level. Absolutely, absolutely. No. Like I, play, PlayStation uh, notifications are not that disruptive, but the Xbox not as bad are, as Xbox. X, Xbox ones are pretty disruptive. Yeah. This big old uh, I yeah, I wouldn't mind if it was something like it, like the switch where it like pops up in the corner and notifies you that a friend's online. Like if it was up in that corner, I don't know that I would mind it. But well, I, I it, do like, like I think both Xbox and PlayStation does this. But like, like I'm playing the game I'm playing on Xbox now. I get an achievement. I will push and hold that that. Uh, cross button i don't know what they call it yeah to, to to see what achievement i did and what percentage of gamers have done that mm. and i think see, that's i do like that i think the statistic. percentage thing is is really cool i, th- I think that's better like, like i'm getting um, down to i'm getting i'm doing things that only 18 percent of people have done i always really enjoyed the end of those telltale games like the batman and walking dead where it would show you at the end yes. you know like Thirty-nine percent of people chose to chop Jesse's head off, or what? I mean, Life I is Strange did that too. Yeah, you know, it. Yeah, but I don't like this game. You know, nothing caps off a really emotional moment in a game where you've done something and the cutscenes there, and you're just kind of like, "What?" Nothing caps it off like a big bling, and you know, <laughs> extra achievement unlocked. I don't know. <laughs> it's it. If that's your thing, if you like achievements, great. Great. Enjoy them. Get them all. Love it. Uh, here's the next question. Our last question for the night comes from Zablanc. He says, this one hurts. I've played 25 hours worth of Darkest Dungeon and didn't realize that you had to equip the power-up items on each party member for them to be used. So embarrassing. My question for the dads is this. What's a game where you didn't know about a crucial mechanic until deep into your playtime. 
can't think of anything as drastic as this. The only thing that jumps into my head was when I I tried playing Persona 3, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it, just in general. I couldn't get, I didn't, those things I just wasn't understanding. Yeah. Later on, I played 4, loved it, went back to 3, and then, oh, now I understand what's going on, because now I have the background of playing 4. And so it's not quite the same, but you know, th- there was just something I was was I was missing and it wasn't clicking to me. That eventually, yeah. Barry, what do you you got any um, embarrassing moment like that? Not embarrassing, but I I would say it's more of not using certain mechanics that are in there or not even like experimenting with them. And and two games that immediately jumped to mind are Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring. With Horizon Forbidden West, I had used the, the bow and arrow, the one I was comfortable with. I used that throughout the whole game. I didn't use traps. I didn't use, you know, all these other special types of weapons. And I was I was fine. I was able to do it. And then it was like, oh yeah, there's all these other things. I'm like, I, I didn't need them. Like to me it was nothing. And then the same with Elden Ring, there's like cracked pots and there's potions and there's spells. And I didn't use any of that because I was a fighter. And that's a whole new side of the game that I just they're going through. And I'm just like, oh, I never by the way, where is that? Oh, that's in this one area. I've never never I skipped that. I skipped the whole second dungeon. How did I skip the second dungeon? Okay, well, I'm gonna go back at level hundred and massacre the second dungeon because I skipped it. And uh, like all these items I just am accumulated i had no idea what they were and i was like oh that's a whole mechanic i could have been using this whole time and like like summoning you can summon spirits and i didn't learn about that until i was halfway through the game i was like i had no idea what these things are i'm just collecting them and then i found out i'm like oh my god this would have made the game so much easier for me so sometimes that happens yeah i think it's it's maybe a rush to get to a game or or whatever i mean you used to have games with instruction manuals explained all of that to you right and like you could spend time with them um the the one that came to mind for me was um as a very new to video games video game you know gamer back when i got my nes in 1988 it wasn't long after that that i got super mario brothers 2 and i dove straight in right like i didn't i just tore it out of the box and, and put it in and started playing expecting kind of the same experience, right? So imagine my surprise when I get to the first level, you know, like I drop down out of the first door and I'm jumping up and down on top of a shy guy and nothing's happening. Like he won't stomp. What's it, you know, like, oh, maybe these guys are, you know, maybe I've got to get something first, right? You know, maybe I got to get a mushroom or whatever. So I go into the next area, nothing. And there's all these plants in the ground and all I'm doing is like dodging enemies, and, I, and getting all the way to Birdo without throwing a single enemy. And like he's shooting the eggs and I'm like stomping up. I'm jumping up and down. And I'm like, why will he not take damage? You know? And finally, I don't know what I did, but like, I think, well, right, right. I think finally I jumped on one of the eggs and just errantly pressed the B button and like it picked it up. And I was like, what just happened? You know, because like, okay, video games train you, right? Projectiles equal bad. Don't touch projectiles. But now you're supposed to stand on top of this guy's projectiles, pick them up and throw them back at him. Needless to say, I very quickly calmed the hang of it and learned from my mistake. But I do remember. hmm? This makes me wonder if John has ever played a Dragon Quest game. Because those games just 
beat it into your head that you have to equip everything for it to be useful. I don't know. Yes, I don't know. that. I think probably all of us have some story that we can think of. Every gamer has a story where it's like they either went through uh, a text box too fast or a cutscene or a tutorial and were completely lost. And then like maybe the next time you played it, it, it popped up and you took the time to read it and you went, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what happened all... to me with the last story? Yeah, I, I, I got to a stuck a stuck point where the game wanted me to learn a new technique. I didn't understand what it was trying to teach me, so it put me into a battle where I needed to use that technique to to advance. There was no way to go back to the tutorials. Yeah. So I'm like, I guess I'm done. I can't advance anymore. And that's where I stopped. <laughs> I think we've all had moments in games where we've done silly things or, or things that we like, we just didn't know enough information. So we, 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 like you said with Mario two, where you took the past history of the series as gospel and like, Oh, well, if this works in this game, it now works in this game. All all one game of past history. All one game. Yeah. Like, like, (laughs) but still it's still, you, you assume that, I mean, when I first started playing Final Fantasy XI, which was, you know, the first online Final Fantasy, I started with my best friend and we were out there outside of Gustaberg, you know, just fighting stuff. And he got killed. And I was like, oh, my God, he's level three. I'm level three. Like, what are we going to do? Oh, my God. I'm like, stay there. And I start shouting, anybody have a Phoenix down? Anybody have a Phoenix down? Because Final Fantasy, Phoenix down. That's I'm, I'm a new player. I don't have fun, you know, Phoenix downs. I'm running around the town of Bastock and I'm like, anybody have a Phoenix down? My friend is dead out there. You know, like, please save my friend. And, and people are like, there are no Phoenix downs in this game. I'm like, what? This is Final Fantasy. What, is that? what do you mean there's no Phoenix downs? They're like, there's none. You either home point or you get raised. I'm like, can anybody raise? And like suddenly all these people came and I was like, oh, I didn't know what I was asking for. And it's like silly things like that. But you don't know because you're you're basing one game off of the previous games in a franchise. That's a good example. Mm. Well, guys, that is episode 378 of Nintendo Dads. Barry, we want to thank you again for joining us. And we want to remind you, head over and check out Nintendo Fuse and also premium edition games. Dot com and reminder we're giving away a copy of don't of rain on your parade uh from premium edition uh you can enter to win that by going over to nintendodads at gmail.com and telling us what indie game do you want to see made into a premium edition release just email us that and you'll get entered into a drawing to win a premium edition release of rain on your parade we want to thank our Patreon producers, Dave Ernsberger, Antonio Contronio, Solo Something, Alexander Ocampo, and RJ Kern. And remind you that you can join up over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads for, for just a dollar a month. You can become part of our Discord. $5 a month gets you, uh, unlocks all of our channels. $10 gets you pre and post show audio. $30 makes you a producer and gets you on the show. You can also head over to Twitch Prime and throw your subscription your, our way and get access to the Discord as well through that. Uh, Head over to nintendodads.org for our latest YouTube videos, tweets, podcast episodes, social media links, uh, our Patreon page, our Extra Life stuff, and the Nintendo Dads shop for Nintendo Dads merch. Reminder, you can find us in most places. Just type in Nintendo Dads and boom, we're there. Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Just type in Nintendo Dads and we'll be there. Email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or call in and leave a voicemail at 929-256 or 25 in dads. That's 
256-3237. Want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And reminder, wherever you download our podcast on your app of choice, CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever it is, leave us a five-star review and some written words. It helps people find the show and pushes the dads up the rankings and lets everybody know about your favorite show. For me, for Barry, for Jesse, and the missing Tim and Justin, this has been Nintendo Dads, episode 378. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. Nintendo Dads.